Gentlemen, ladies, we're live. We are officially okay. live, episode number 118, with Michaela Cedillo right behind me here. Michaela, Mickey, Michaela appreciate you for she made an appearance. <laughs> first time on the podcast. No, I think this is the first time we're doing John Stossel and Daniel DeMartino Booth. Now, have you guys met each other before? Or this is the first time. This is no. the first, like, really? like three minutes ago. Well, he it's was been te- great so far. He was, t- <laughs> he was telling a fantastic story about a friend of his back in the days on the trading uh, floor that uh, mm-hmm. was famous for uh, reading uh, novels, great novels, right? The American Stock Exchange. Yes. Yeah. yeah the, the American Stock Exchange. Anyway, great uh, asset classes is what he was talking well, no, no, about. No, no, no. He said it was not record breaking. Remember, he, I said his, great, not the yeah. greatest. Like, Patrick, I was 25 years old. I was staring down at the two-story tall Solomon Brothers famous trading floor where Liars Poker was born. Basically, Michael Lewis's saga, and I count like seven women, and like. I stopped at like 100 men, and I'm like, okay, if a woman can make it here, then a woman can make it anywhere. That was the moment I decided I want to go to Wall Street. But, but is it true, like, what you hear about, what you read about on how it is with the ratios as well as the treatment? Or yeah. you just have to be tough was, to make it through? It was back in the day. I mean, hearing that Wall Street's gone woke is like, excuse me? Because it, it, it's an oxymoron. It's not how it works there. God. Is it still not like that, or has it changed I, slightly? You know what? I haven't been on a trading floor. Oh, That's God. not true. I haven't been on a trading floor recently, but... There's not the same kind of grunting going on. Well, uh, nobody would grab your ass today Ew. on the trading floor. No, but when I'm on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange, sometimes I, I do see people behind me taking interesting photographs from interesting angles. So Yeah, I'm sorry about that. I just thought that you were... Um, I mean, Adam, what were you doing on the floor? Photo- photograph. Was, was, was a cat company come in public? Okay, I'm not going to oh, start you wanna, that. You want to go there, Danielle? <laughs> not, you want to start? Yet, you not, start yet, not, not yet. Let me get my coffee. Just out of curiosity, are you te- are you part of a the dog uh, team or uh, cats? Which one are you more part of? Or uh, cat. Cat, oh, really? Guy, it's my freaking really? guy over here. More, so you got a cat? Tell us why, John. No, I have an allergic kid. I want to have a cat. I dream of having a cat. Got it. Have you ever had have one? A dog. Or? Yeah, I had cats until I gave life to a kid who was allergic. And we've got some simpaticos in the house this morning. This you is going to get interesting. By the way, you too, though. You're also allergic to cats, right? I'm allergic to cats. Yeah, and you are not allergic no, to cats. No. Not in any way, and shape, I or form. And I love any kind of dogs, animals, any of that. I mean, I'm just... My dad on the other on the other side. My dad can't stand animals. Period. I gotta tell you a story about Iran with my dad. Mm-hmm. In Iran, we're living on this fourth story, and this cat used to come. Okay, and he hated cats, especially because his mom, my grandma, had twelve cats, two dogs, two parrots, two snakes, and a bunch of uh, uh, and a uh, birds and a pear tree. No, no, no joke. My my grandma loved animals, and my dad couldn't stand them. So this cat would come. And finally, he got furious. He said, why are you coming over here? You're making a mess, right? So one day, he says, you know what we're going to do? We're going to feed this cat. So me, my mom, and my sister were like, wow, that's changed. He took this uh, martadella meat, and he went out there, and he put hot sauce all over the oh. martadella. Okay? Oh. <laughs> and the is, cat, is this a Drake story? This is a true story. <laughs> it's, it's a Drake story. <laughs> he, John doesn't know the Drake story, but he puts this hot sauce all over the martadella. And we stand outside. We're like, wow, that's actually giving him. He says, no, I put hot sauce on that thing. They'll never come back. The cats eat the martadella. They choked all the way down from the fort. We never saw cats ever again. <laughs> That's my dad. So dad's listening to this cracking up because he remembers yeah. when he did this. Clearly, Drake Anyways, took a lesson from look, your dad. We got you a lot of stories. Get your kids to stop biting their nails Pack. as well. Yeah. Just address Smack tobacco. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the, the logo. I like it. They finally put it up. It's sick. Robert, the team, John, everybody, phenomenal job with that logo. We love it. In the vault. Yes, in the vault, in the bank vault. John, just so you know, this is a bank vault that we turn into a podcast set. Cool. 
except behind all this, there's about $17 million, okay? And half of them are empty. By the end, you're going to be able to open it up. Whichever one has money in it, it's yours when you leave. Okay, you, cool. can only, you yeah. get one choice. Get this, one is like show. A, this is like a game show. It is a game show. Oh Welcome gosh. to the game show with Patrick and Adam. Anyways, topics. Dubai Emirates suspends flights due to 5G concerns, and it's all over the place. Is it real? Is it just something they're talking about? Elon Musk laments the declining birth rate. If there aren't enough people for Earth, then there definitely won't be enough for Mars. Big concern for people who want to move to Mars one day. Mr. Beast reportedly made $54 million in 2021, most ever on YouTube. You're a YouTuber. You're a YouTuber. There's YouTubers here. That's $54 million. That's a lot of money. Maybe we can talk about uh, Mr. Beast. Biden's press conference, uh, who they claim it was the greatest press conference of all time. I mean, historic, the way he handled himself. But this article is a spelling error. It says it was an utter disaster. So I think that title maybe needs a little <laughs> bit. Yeah, it's a typo. California wants to double its taxes. And I want to know what Mr. Stossel has to say about that. And then we got a bunch of other things that's going on. Uh, one story specifically, Adam's favorite story that we have here, uh, is uh, most of us prioritize our pets, physical and mental health over our own. A study shows that 7 out of 10 pet owners have more concern about getting their pets acupuncture over them. It's a very interesting study. We'll get into that on how that works out. And then Stasso, John, you've said some stuff about parents should care about CRT. Andrew Yang's new forward uh, party and a few other things here about the FDA. Maybe we'll get into that as well. But how about we start off with uh, California wants to double its taxes. You okay with that? Let's talk with California wants to double its taxes. And uh, here... We have two that live in Florida. You right now live in New York. So I double my taxes from you. How awesome is that, though? But you like to play volleyball in Del Rey, which is a... I'd move here if my wife didn't hate Florida. That's right. She, well, we discussed this last time. We you did. Asked him we if we he definitely had this conversation. Okay. So let's see what's going on with California. All right. Here we go. This is an article from National Review. You can also find this article, I believe, on Washington Examiner and Tax foundation.org but this one is national review folks if you're living in california or thinking about moving to california i don't know a lot of people are thinking about moving to california but you may want to listen to this california wants to double its taxes jared walzak of the tax foundation wrote a blog uh, post yesterday with news that doesn't seem possible california california an already high tax rate wants to double its tax revenue no matter how he broke it down the proposed constitutional amendment the numbers are astounding it would increase the top marginal tax rate to 18.5%. That's 7.05% higher than Hawaii, the next highest state, that 12 and 12.75% higher than a national medium. It would increase taxes by an average of $12,250 per household. All told, the new tax package is intended to raise an additional $163 billion a year, which is more than California raised in total tax revenue any year prior to the pandemic. It's not just income taxes, though. The state wants to implement a payroll tax as well with the top tax rate applying to taxpayers, making only $49,990 in annual income. Currently, only Massachusetts and Nevada have a payroll tax that do more than any fund unemployment insurance. He continues, the most insane part about the proposal, however, is the 2.3% gross receipt tax. Only seven states levy gross receipt taxes, which are especially harmful to economic growth because they are based on business revenue, not profits. Even if businesses lose money, they still pay the gross receipt taxes because they still made revenue, which is insane if you ask me. If this proposal adopted, California would essentially have 18 tax brackets 
and individuals making less than $50,000 per year will wind up paying double-digit marginal tax rates. Thoughts, Mr. Stassel? I think it's great because we need – we got 50 states. It was a wonderful design so we could experiment, and we need models of failure. So, you need models of failure. Okay, I like so that. So you're saying this is a model of failure or potential failure. I hope it will be, but it is amazing how Californians can say, I believe, I believe government will solve all the problems and we'll get the homeless off the street and we'll make everything nice. And if I'm paying an 18%, that's okay. I made a lot of money in Silicon Valley. I can afford it. And I'm, it's a public service. Now, here's a question, Daniel. I want, I want to ask both of you guys. Curious to know what you say. I think the question is the following. Newsom... When he won the recall, he was going against Larry Elder. And if we remember that, it was convincing victory, 64. It came out at 67. By the time they got everything, it was around 63%, 62%. But it was not even close, right? So if 60% plus support Newsom, how likely is it that something like this could pass in okay, California? Okay, wait, 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 wait. Time out. There was a fourth stimulus check mailed to Californians right before the recall vote. Okay. So they're literally getting... $1,500 of cash in their bank accounts right before they go to the polls. How convenient is that? And B, to John's point about a failed experiment, it failed last year. Anybody guess when California was, was entered into the union? Year? 1850. Since 1850, the population of California net-net has grown every single year yeah. until 2021. And 2021 was the first time that they had a net decline in their population. So if they want to continue on this merry path, then they can fail even bigger. Yay! But he, and lose but, even more companies. But here's a question, Danielle, for you. If 60% supported Newsom, what's the likelihood that this insane tax proposal will pass? I mean, if, if it's only the crazy voters coming out and the other people who are like, screw that, are like leaving, and they were on the fence before, they were like, oh, if anything else, crazy. And I've actually spoken to people out there who have great companies, they make good amounts of money, and they were like, well, we thought the taxes were going to go up. We've already bought places elsewhere in the country, and mm. then all the craziness stopped. But they're like, if the taxes go up, I'm out of here. I've already got my plan B. Actually, I already own the, the, the property outside of the state of California. So a, a small exodus is going to become a mass exodus. And do we really know that they supported Newsom? Because the press portrayed... Larry Elder is a crazy man, and Larry talks so fast and s puts out so many ideas in one quick sentence. He turned off a lot of people. I love him, and he's right on all the issues. Really? So you were a fan of uh, uh, Larry Elder? Totally. Wow. Except for his presentation, and I think he scared people. Fast-talking salesman right type of, of thing? Is that okay? Got but California's it. like New York as a state, right? Yeah. If you're conservative... You're ambivalent on, on voting day. You're like, my vote's not going to count. So you didn't even bother. You're like, if I, it, I, I registered to vote against Hillary when I lived in New York. You know what I got? Jury duty. I mean, that was it. My vote <laughs> didn't count. It was, it was just nonsensical. My, my friends were like, why are you doing this? Why are you giving your, your Texas driver's license? I'm, I've been here for seven years. Fine. And I'm, you know, she's not even from New York. I'm going to go out and vote against her to do my duty, my civic duty. And all I got was jury duty. But uh, there, there's, a, there's a level of ambi ambivalence, whether you're living in New York or Illinois or California, and you're like, my vote, if I'm a conservative, my vote doesn't count, so why bother? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but, but, but he, here's, here's, the, here's the part, though. Number one, like, 
You know the whole theory about the, you put a frog in the water, you boil it one degree slowly, and then eventually at 212, he doesn't know it's getting hotter, so he dies. Like, you've heard this story. I'm not the first person telling you this story, right? All the time. And yeah. it's not true. Yeah, and it's not true. No, the frog jumps out as it slowly warms. You know what we're going to do? We're going to do this on the podcast as an experiment next time you're Good here. Idea. Next time, just make, I'm being serious. David, Tyler, make a note. Next time Stossel is out here, we're going to bring... <laughs> A frog, we're going to put it in the water, and we're going to boil it at 212. Frog in a hot plate. <laughs> and we're doing pot couple, so you see the frog jump out on John. It would be hilarious. So oh. that's the next experiment. Make a note of it. But anyways, going back to this, at what point, at what point are people going to say, you know, there is no freaking way this makes any sense? Or is it already happening? Well, Elon Musk originally moved personally to Texas, and now he's relocated the headquarters. Yeah, but remember, top marginal tax rate. So what is top marginal tax rate? Because a person making $42,000 are like, dude, please raise the top marginal tax rate. I don't mind if you raise the top marginal tax rate. So there's more people making less than 49 than those that are making top marginal tax rate. So a lot of the people at the bottom, they're like, Silicon Valley ain't going nowhere. They're going to stay here forever, right? Like this whole thing about what happened in Detroit, that'll never happen to Silicon Valley. New York is the financial capital, you know. Hollywood is Hollywood, even though Atlanta and Austin's kind of competing. Silicon Valley is Silicon Valley. Miami's becoming the crypto capital. There's no way these billionaires will leave. J.P. Morgan Chase has more more employees in the state of Texas than J.P. Morgan Chase has in New York. Hmm. Pat, but, you used the analogy one time, and I yeah. think you were getting to it with the frog. Is you got upset? Though. How how much are you willing to get pushed? Meaning, like, if I do this to you, yeah. All right, it's a little annoying. If I just if I do that a little bit more, and if I keep pushing yeah. and pushing, at what point you're like, dude, if you push me again, I'm going to knock you out. And that's essentially what's happening here. It's like, all right, we'll raise it a percentage. No one's going to Yeah, notice. but you know what it is? Mm-hmm. Here's, here's the perspective here. This is what I'm trying to ask the brains to my left, because I'm, I'm a guy with a one-point education from high school. These guys got degrees on top of degrees, and they're educated in the world. Yeah. Journalists, legendary journalists, and Federal Reserve Finance. Here's the question. Mm-hmm. I'm doing it to yeah. you, right? You're getting irritated. Mm-hmm. But... If those that are making 40 grand a year are watching me do this to the billionaire, guess what they're saying? Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Oh, that's awesome. Do it again. So it's, no, no, they're excited that I'm pushing you. They're celebrating it. And Newsom is like, oh, you like it? Oh, you like it? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, awesome. Let me do some more. I think that's the dynamic. Right. And and by the way, you know who ends up paying the biggest price for this? Not you. Because who wants you? Mm -hmm. Who wants you? 49 other yeah, states, states want Elon Musk. Of course. Yes, yes, 49 yes. other states want you. This median, guy Median is income at in them. California, 32,000. So here's here's the go. question. That's what I'm saying. So I love your analogy, Pat. But why should the person making 40 grand who's watching it get pushed, watching the billionaires get pushed, watching the millionaires get pushed, why should they care? Why should they, John? Because life won't be as good if you push the producers out. But... Why do you think that uh, Silicon Valley won't go down like Detroit if the economics don't make sense and people are moving to Austin and Florida, nicer places? I mean, California has mountains and an ocean and great weather, a lot going for it, and bizarrely a surplus because the stock market went up so much and these zillionaires are paying more in taxes. But it could bust. At what point? I it, don't it, know. At what, what point? The, the, last it, time it, I checked, the Nasdaq's in correction. No, no, I get that. But I'm trying, like, if you, have you studied the history of uh, Detroit on what caused it to break down when 
a mayor, you know, started playing games with Dearborn and they started raising local taxes and regulation and they the union got involved and started and making life hell. Unions. So eventually they're like, we're out of here. And the next thing you know, the population went from one and a half million to 800,000 and uh, all those jobs left to different places. Do you really think if that happens to Silicon Valley, it could happen? And so number two is what I, causes that? I'm going to push one of John's buttons yeah, here. Yeah, here we go. And in Texas, which is like California Central because the influx is insane and it's nonstop, a lot of parents have actually started to leave, talking about strong unions, because the L.A. Uh, teachers union mandated that when they shut the schools down, that they also had to have the private schools close as well. And the private schools are like, wait a minute, we've, we've got the protocol. We can stay open. And eventually the parents just threw in the towel and they're like, we could afford to have stayed in California. They weren't bending on critical race theory. So A, taxes. B, I want my children to have an education that I want for them to have, that not that's mandated and dictated. So I'm getting the hell out of here. So California is hurting itself in more ways than just economically incentivizing people to leave is all I'm saying. Because when your union is that strong like it was in Detroit – and you have you, you a public union gets the power to close private schools. I mean, come on, that's not it's, it's, there's nothing American about that. People put up with a lot. Most people don't really pay attention to the stuff we talk about. They think about sex and music and movies and sports and raising their families. Um, there's the expression that ninety percent of the people. 1% of the people make things happen and 10% watch and the other 90% wake up and say, what happened? And people don't notice that their taxes go up a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. They just take it. Yeah, but I mean, Patrick, if you're, I mean, if you're reading correctly, they're talking about doubling. Yeah, but, 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 but John, if, you're, yeah, if you double, so, so let's do the math. Let's just say I'm paying $5,000 in taxes and I'm making 50 a year. That goes to ten thousand dollars in taxes. My car payment is three twenty. I'm gonna feel that. Like I remember when I'm making forty grand a year, what a hundred dollars was. I looked at a hundred dollars raise in a month. I'm like, dude, my phone bill's covered. Next tell. That's fantastic. So I felt a hundred dollars at that level. But you're contradicting yourself. Because I know I am. I know I am. I'm trying to challenge to see at what point do people leave. That's what I'm trying to find out. At what point does Silicon Valley just become a city? Event, you know, and all these guys are gone. What will cause them to leave? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's the same thing that happens in a relationship. It's that we've oh, all, I'm, I'm sure we've been in like relationships that haven't worked out and you get in a fight and it's like, all right, cool, whatever, it's a fight. And then you get in another fight, all right, whatever. And you get in a fight and you're arguing and it's fighting. And then at, at what point you're thinking, I don't know if I want to be with this person. I don't know, I don't know. And it just kind of keeps happening. And finally, boom, something happens. And you're like, all right, that's it. I'm, I'm getting the... So it's not a one and done thing. We got in a fight, we're done. It's yeah. the cumulative effect. You something. meet someone else. Is your, okay. you, you see a nicer, sexier state out but there. Something your, like Florida comes and winks at you. Yeah. To your point, bingo, Patrick, bingo. though, I mean, at some point, you're going to get so frustrated that you're waiting forever to get into a restaurant because the support staff is simply not going to be there anymore because you've, you've expanded the social safety net to such an extent, yeah. right? The only fourth stimulus check in America was in California. Otherwise, the rest of the nation just got three, and that was way too many. But, but that was a state. Federal, uh, it was a state. A state, okay. It was gotcha. a state. But at some point, you're going to get so frustrated if you're a zillionaire that, that you don't have the service that you want. You can't go to Napa Valley 
and go to your favorite restaurants and go to your favorite resorts because there there aren't enough workers mm-hmm. because the social safety net's big enough to capture them to where they don't have to work. It, it, it's, at some point, things start to fall apart. That's just like yeah. New York right now. I mean, you wait a lot longer at a restaurant for service, and either you want to be there or you don't. You, you, know, you know what this makes me think about is this makes me think about in the following way. How many people can handle domestic violence? How many, how many marriages do you know where people are like, you know what, shit, this sucks, but I'm not going anywhere. How many people stay in a marriage with domestic violence? That was violence? kind of my point with the relationships. Yeah. You, well, you that, won't that's, even that, go that's further. Adam, that's Adam's yeah. point, but you also have yeah. women's shelters that, that are constantly full. So clearly human beings hit their break points or the women's shelters wouldn't be full. So what I'm saying is I think California is a form of domestic violence to its citizens. I think California is the best example of domestic violence. And unfortunately, some are going to take it and tolerate it. Mm-hmm. And some are going to say, I'm getting the hell out of here. Unfortunately, uh, the, the logic behind the politician, what's the politician thinking about? What is the policymaker thinking about? What is a policymaker thinking long term? Like, what, what's this one sixty three billion going to do? Like, you're going to treat oh, one sixty three better? Oh, we're going to help people. We yeah. have problems here, and if we have this money, we can get more social workers to help the ne- neglected kids, and they believe it. Clean up the homelessness, everything that's going on in San Francisco. I mean, we've covered uh, that to a. I, think I mean, that- at least De Blasio left before he was able to set up the the shooting up heroin tents, the safe mm-hmm. spots. Pat, I mean, this is, LA's this, already gone there. This is a question for you. Go for it. And so I think this is ultimately where we're going with this, is that physically, John touched on this with the mountains and the oceans, physically, California is the most beautiful state. But tax-wise and politically, <clears throat> it is potentially the ugliest state. Okay. You see what I'm saying yeah. there? Would you agree with that? Sure. So, so you're that, well, so, like you moved so, out of California so, so seven you, years but ago. It's for you. It's yeah. kind of like you're dating somebody who's dropped it, gorgeous, right. who is ridiculously demanding, mm-hmm. and nothing ever makes her or him happy. Yeah. <laughs> How long are you gonna stay in that relationship? That's my point. Is like you can brag so about hot, her in front of so everybody gorgeous, else, but she's horrible to my friends, and she's horrible to my family, and I can't like. And, and honestly, she's, she's probably yeah. also horrible in bed. You know, I she's look, also, you know, I'm just putting it up because he brought up sex, so maybe sex and finances. Well, that's all that's on your next show. Yeah, volleyball and sex. Anyway, so. Last night we went to dinner with one sex of his friends. Sex in the friends. vault instead of sex in the Sex in the vault. Sex in the vault. Sex in the vault. We went to dinner yesterday with uh, our friend uh, Keith, and he had some depressing words. He says, guys, <laughs> we're 40, and Adam is 40, about to be 41 on February 4th, right? Is it February 4th? Correct. Or February, yeah. So he like, we only have 25 good years left <laughs> in us. I'm like, oh, my <laughs> God, we're at dinner having <laughs> drinks, you know, old-fashioned. He's like... What are you talking about? I feel like I got a lot Stasa, more than what that. Are th- what are your thoughts about that? I, I don't believe it. I'm That's over funny. 65. And you're playing volleyball in I, Del Rey. I, I hope to have good years left. I love that response of John Stossel. I love Otherwise, that. You might as well just cart the coffins into the vault here. Seriously. So Okay, so now let's go to a different topic. So John Stossel, you did a story on CRT. Parents should care about CRT, right? Let's go to page five with uh, John Stossel, CRT. Uh, Parents should care about CRT. This is a tribe life story. Glenn uh, Youngkin recently was elected Virginia's governor partly because he promised to ban teaching of CRT. CRT stands for critical race theory, which argues that every American institution upholds white supremacy. Journalist uh, Asra Noamani uh, uh, reveals some rather creepy CRT lessons that are taught in schools. Noamani filed Freedom of uh, Information Act request at four schools district to reveal how they pay consultants. To spread CRT, we found 300-plus contracts, say Naomi, 
uh, every day I'm getting a new contract. Some conservatives want to ban the teaching of CRT. That's not a good idea. Government shouldn't be banning uh, ideas of taking choices away from teachers. Bans shield students from important topics. A better solution is legalizing school choice. Let parents take our tax money to a school we choose. Can you unpack that? Well, let's start with the end. Being, if there's a market, everything is made better by competition. And you look at New York, where I'm from, and you used to work. They spend more than $20,000 per kid. If you do the math, that's $400,000 per classroom. Okay. How many good teachers could you hire for that? You had to be able to hire four good teachers. And this was not capital costs. This was just what they put in to teach the kids every year. So where does the money go? Nobody can find out. It goes in. It's not just the union. It's the the administration, all that, the all bureaucracy, those layers, the bureaucracy, and the PTAs get caught. I mean, the people who like going into windowless conference rooms and trying to figure out how to run other people's lives, unless there's competition that forces them to make some cut somewhere and to spend more on the right things that the parents want, it'll never get better. I don't think the critical race theory stuff is a giant threat, but they have books like Woke Baby. I mean, critical theory is a law school theory, but it got down to the teachers, and many of them believe racism is everywhere, which I think is nonsense. There's more intermarriage than ever before, and isn't that a measure of racists getting along if you are eager to marry someone of a different race? But some kids are being taught that they are, if you're white, you're a horrible person and you stole from non-white people. You did it. Well, your parents did it and passed it down to you. But you have this huge advantage and that's evil. Do you, do you believe uh, in the power of affirmations? I'm not sure what it means. Power of affirmations, like saying, hey, uh, uh, you know, I'm going to have a good day today. You know, be careful what you joke about, but be sarcastic about because the spirit stops having faith in the words that comes out of your mouth. I'm meant to do something special with my life. You know, do you believe yes. in affirmations? Do you believe in affirmations, Daniel? I do. Do you believe in power of positive thinking? Sure. Can we say we all agree that Norman Vincent Peale... I say Vincent an affirmation Peel, every morning. Okay, I know you do, right? Yeah. Norman Vincent Peale, the power of positive thinking, New York, yeah. preach, you know, pastor, all this stuff, right? So I'm, I'm giving a talk, and... I'm speaking in front of a group of kids and parents, probably a thousand people in the room, and I'm up there talking about how great this country is, right? America's the greatest country in the world. Like, you know, American exceptionalism, this is the greatest place. And next thing you know, I see a couple of the teachers go like this. And I'm like, okay, my job is to read body language. This is what you do when you're speaking from stage. I'm like, okay, curious. I want to really talk to these guys afterwards. So I don't even need to go to them. They come up to me. Uh, listen, uh, first of all, thank you for coming up. But can I give you some feedback? Yes. You have to be very careful telling young kids a lie like America's the greatest country in the world. Do you realize America's one of the most racist countries in the world? And she went off, right? All these things about how horrible America is. I said, let me ask you a question. She said, yes. I said, do you believe in affirmations? She said, uh, what's affirmation? And I told her, I said, do you think it serves kids to think positive thoughts about themselves about their families, about their heritage, about their country. Uh, 
I think that's a form of manipulation. Oh, really? That's a form of manipulation. Interesting. So I, I shouldn't tell my kids, son, you can do almost everything you put your mind to, except some things that have physical abilities. If you can't jump 46 inches, you're probably not going to be LeBron James. Outside of some of physical stuff, you can probably do anything you want to do, right? Huh? Is that a bad thing to tell a kid? No, no, but that's not the point. We have to tell people the truth about the fact that racism exists. I'm like, ma'am, I just came and spoke at a white school, and I'm from Iran. Like, do you realize how you invited me? And I spoke, and I said how great your country is. This is an example of how great America is. Well, no, you haven't seen all the other stuff. I haven't seen all the other stuff. I was in the military, went to Kentucky. Have you lived in South Carolina or Kentucky? I lived in South Carolina, and I went to a Waffle House, which I don't miss going to Waffle House, right? So I go to Waffle House. This guy's looking at me saying, uh, where are you from? I said, what do you mean? He said, can I just be honest? I said, yeah, sure. He said, I've never seen a nose like that in my life before. I said, this is a legendary <laughs> Armenian nose. You cannot make these types of things. You have to have genetics. The guy actually said that yeah. to your face. I said, you realize your pretty boy you know, knows that you got. It cost me $9,000 to make it look like yours. I said, you need billions to make yours look like mine. Okay? All the money in the world is not going to say. He starts laughing. We start laughing. I said, I'm from Iran. He said, you're from Iran? Iran. I said, yeah, I'm from Iran. He said, what are you doing here? You know, and we're at this Waffle House. I said, can I whisper to you? So it's not, I don't want people to know about this. Because <laughs> I'm in the uniform. I said, listen, just between us, I'm a spy here. I'm trying to spy and study all your military <laughs> tactics. So I'm going to take it back to Iran. It's, it's, it's why I'm here. Seriously? He's no, running. man, I'm kidding with you. He's I'm running for his gun right yeah. now. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. So, so to me, the biggest thing that CRT doesn't get is mm -hmm. affirmations work. And if you want to put negative affirmations, they also work. If you tell... Hundreds of thousands of kids, they're racist. By the time they're 18, they're convinced they're racist. And it continues for decades and decades and decades soon. And I think that's a problem. I think it's a different approach we can take. I may be wrong. On the, on look, the other there's, there's people fighting their way into this country. Give me a break. Mm -hmm. Yeah, people want to come here. But when the kids are older, it's right to teach them about some of the horrible things that America has done. And it, it was just not taught to any kid when I was in eighth grade. I, I mean, I think we all went to school and we learned about the Civil War and slavery. I don't think it, I don't, it wasn't called critical race theory, but we were all very I well mean, that aware. Was like, that was like of part what, of the that was part of, yeah, Exactly. When I, the white people civilized America and rescued people from the savages, that stuff was in my courses. Mm-hmm. What, is that wrong? Civil? I'm vastly older than you guys. But, but, is that what, wrong? Is that incorrect? No. America did some racist, nasty no, things. No, no, but your statement is that white people civilized. He's asking, is that wrong? Because Lincoln, I think, Lincoln's not black, right? Is he white or black? Uh, he, last I checked, he's still white. I thought yeah. he was a white guy. <laughs> he's not the, with us anymore, by the way, Adam. The Enlightenment oh, civilized. Some tweeting the other day. Western values Civilize the world. Correct. Yes. And but, you're not allowed to say that anymore. But, back but to, it's just true. I, I don't know. Uh, maybe Glendale High School focused on it. But I remember I grew up. I grew up. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. When I was in high school, I didn't like uh, white people when I was in high school. Because what was sold to me was white people take advantage of everybody else. That's what was sold to me. When I, and my teacher was white when she's teaching history. 
what they did to blacks, what they did to race. You know, till today, you're not going to find an office of mine or anything of mine without an MLK picture on the wall. Till today. MLK is a hero to, to and obviously he just had a celebration. So I don't know if the histories, unless if it's inaccurate and Lincoln didn't play a big role, then we have to talk about it. I mean, I grew up learning that, you know, the horrors that we inflicted upon Native, Native Americans yeah. when we landed here. I mean, took all, I mean they got, they've got like 1.2% of their land left. But I mean, these are, these are things that I learned growing up in school. But I think we're missing a major point here. When you say we did this, we did this. We're all immigrants. My family came over from Russia in the yeah. early 1900s, okay? His family came from Iran. I don't know. Where, you're Jewish. Uh, you know, your family probably landed on Ellis Island. Your family's Ellis Italian. Ellis Island, 1920s. I don't know. I mean, may, unless you're like original OG Jamestown waspy English from 1600s, we all immigrated from Somewhere. Countries where we had to get the hell out of because we were getting persecuted, whether that was religiously or, or economically. economically, and we had to make a move. So when we, we white people, how many people are just straight white people that just landed on Plymouth Rock? You know, like the old uh, Malcolm X, I didn't land on Plymouth Rock, Plymouth Rock landed on me. So the, the old white people thing, I just think is a, it's just a blanket statement that just actually doesn't hold water to most people. Am I wrong on that, John Stossel? No. And also... Slavery was ended by white people. Most mm -hmm. college students now think America created slavery, started it. Now you're contradicting yourself, John. I like to do that. <laughs> well, you do. So you why are you teasing? Keeping <laughs> keep PBD on Please, his toes. Please, keep going. Keep going. It was the British more than we, but even people from Mexico who ended slavery. But it be began in the Middle East. It was perpetuated all over Africa. Mm -hmm. And somehow, white people are the bad guys. And it continues to this day in various parts right. of the world. Six countries. Let's not forget that we killed Gaddafi, and now there's a giant slave trade in Libya. Let's not forget about that. What's After, your point with that? It, it's, it's his point. Slave trading is still on today. There are thousands of, of slaves being traded in Libya yeah. mm -hmm. after we bombed and assassinated Gaddafi. So we shouldn't have killed Gaddafi? Yeah. Are you advocating for us not to have killed Gaddafi? It's the voice of God called Dabi. You may have a good point. I don't think we should have killed Gaddafi. Tell I think us why. Tell because us why. we brought the country into chaos. Gaddafi had backed off. He, under, he understood that, that we had his number. He had backed off. He wasn't the terrorist he was 10 years ago but before we assassinated. And, and look what happened after he was gone. The country has fallen into, into complete chaos. And it's often justified by this idea of American exceptionalism. We go into all these other countries and tell them how to run things, and we make it worse. I mean, an even worse example than Gaddafi is what's happened in Iraq. We, we prop up these Gaddafis, these Husseins, Saddam Husseins, as these yeah. boogeymen. We, these are horrible people. We got to get them out. And next thing you know, that it creates this vacuum. Boom, ISIS. Boom, slave trades in Libya. So it's like, what are we trading? One, you know... Uh, what is he, just a complete uh, leader, uh, totalitarian is the word I'm looking for, for basically a complete psychopath yeah. mindset that ISIL brings. These are three different issues, by the way, that we just we just uh, combined mm -hmm. together. And Tyler completely threw a little bomb in yeah. there and, and, and Tyler confused everybody. It. Yeah. No, but but uh, to, to, to the point of what he's talking about with Libya. Do you are you should you should we be involved? Should we not be involved? I would say, you know, that whole stat we did with how many military bases we have versus China around right. the world. You know how many military bases U.S. has around the world versus how many China has? 
Do you take know? A guess. Take I don't a want guess. you to say because yeah, you know. Number. Do you know yeah. what the number is? Ninety. How many U.S. has worldwide yeah. versus, versus China? China? How many do you think I, China? I don't has? think five. How many do you think U.S. has? Thousands. Okay, U.S. has eight hundred military bases worldwide. China has one. And it's by the, what do you call Djibouti, it? The, Djibouti, baby. The, the Djibouti by... Uh, Suez the, Canal? What, what do they call that? Suez Canal. But there's uh, the have oil, you know, that whole uh, section is what they have. They have one military base. U.S. has 800. We have 30,000 soldiers. No, the, the Horn of Africa, the tip of Africa, the, the northern part of... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, that's right, exactly. that's right, that's right, that's right, yes. Yeah, not the Suez Canal. 30,000 30, soldiers in Korea. 30,000 soldiers Camp in... Camp Casey is one of them, yeah. Japan, 40,000 in Germany. Didn't we win those wars? Why are we still there? South Korea is rich. It could defend itself from North Korea. We might Korea. find out this weekend why there are some in Europe. With NATO why? How does that about? play out? I, we, if, we, if, we, we, if, we've mobilized a ton of, of the Navy there, but I don't think anything happens. And but it's there terrible. Ma- there's so massive they, amounts of the Navy headed straight there. And we're going to go to war over Ukraine? Doesn't sound like it. Somebody was not, well, either somebody wasn't briefed or somebody gaffed at, at the podium. So, a few so John, ago. this said, this, this, what should we be involved in? What should we not be involved in? Should we be involved in anything? Direct threats to the United States. How about direct threats to allies of the United States? Well, we have to because we signed the NATO. The NATO, NATO treaty. So then, but these treaties, which yeah. sound wonderful, or we're going to have a safer world, it means we're obligated to go to war for people we may no longer like. How do you mean by no longer like? Maybe you sign the treaty when one government's Hate in it. power yeah. and it totally changes. Yeah. But once government does something, it never undoes it. Back to your original question about direct threats, or your point about direct threats of the United States. Wholeheartedly agree. Look what happened in 9-11. That was a direct threat. Next thing you know, we'd have, end up in Afghanistan for 20 years. Longest war we've ever been in, and that's been a disaster when they pulled out a little premature. But at what point is that direct threat just continue and continue and continue and continue to the point where it just makes no sense to be there. Well, part of the threat continues because they hate having our troops walking down their street. How would you feel if some Chinese soldier in uniform is patrolling your neighborhood? Would hate it, of course. Right. But, but wait want to kill them. But, but wait a minute. That's not always true. It's not always true. I'm sorry. I disagree. Mm. That's not always true because... There are many countries who feel safer with seeing our troops walking around than their own troops walking around because Tyler, there is ha- that abuse. Tyler, had, so we, had, we, had we maintained th- a presence in Libya, do you think that this would have degraded to the extent that it has? No, I don't think it would have. But, but you know, to the point, I, I think when you're the largest superpower in the world and the number one superpower in the world, it, it is your job to play police officer to keep people in check and to keep a sort of world order. I mean, and let's not forget, that's what these military people sign up for, is to, to, to maintain peace and essentially save the world. I mean, that's what they sign up for. I, I, I agree with you, and I agree with John. This is the part. This, we're going to call today's show the, 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 the contradiction show. contradictions. It's all contradictions. <laughs> people are like... Well, and, and at what point does a non-direct threat become a direct threat? So Russia moves into Ukraine. All right, it's not a direct threat. Well, what if they keep moving and advancing and eventually move into all of Europe? Then, then does it become a direct threat? At what point do these threats switch to where it's on our radar? 
Yeah, I mean, it, back in 1938, they were like, oh, 1939, they're like, okay, all right, Germany, you, you can have Czechoslovakia, but you better stop there. No Poland for you. And Britain had to go it alone, but they gave him, they were like, okay, we'll let you absorb one little country. But when you give a little inch, you know, you never know how these things are going to progress. And there's something to be said for China watching very closely. I sent you an article last night. There's something to be said for watching very closely to whether or not if Putin does something, is this going to be seen as an opportunity for Xi Jinping to do something with Taiwan? And to have a coordinated effort. Look, Putin and Xi Jinping don't like each other. They're, they're not they're not like hanging out on the weekends. Oh, at you, all. Don't, you don't think that they're they're not buddy buddies. No, they're all. two egomaniacs. But that being said, you know, if you're if you're talking about kicking a country when it's down or taking advantage of a, a point of vulnerability, then why wouldn't you do it at the same time? Would you say that Putin and and she uh, or even China and Russia are more closer to allies or foes? I would say that their interests are aligned. Right. They're, You're saying who? China and Russia? China and Russia. They're are neighbors. Closer. They have to get along. Yeah. Econom- ec- yeah. Economically, they they're kind of like are U.S. Aligned. and Mexico, yeah, U.S. and Canada. Let me ask you, who do you think they hate more? Do you think Russia hates America more or China more? Oh, America by okay. far. Okay, so China. You think China hates Russia more? America. America. Okay, so that's the, they close. have a common exactly. enemy, right? That part. The enemy of my enemy. And is most my people friend, on, right? on mainland China believe exactly what they've been told their entire lives. And yeah. that's that Taiwan is legally part of China. So, so let's, let's finish this, folks. Let's, mm-hmm. go, let's go through all this stuff, the, 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 the sea of contradictions that we had. Number one, CRT. John says, let them teach it because it's a form of capitalism. If some schools do too much of it, parents are going to take their kids to a different school. Mm-hmm. That's CRT. Now, the challenge with that is if my kids are going to public school and I can't afford it, I can't afford to take my kids to another public school because there's a zip code and all these other things you're dealing with. I'm a little screwed there, John, if I can't afford to take my kids to private school. Well, no, it could be public school choice. Think if you were assigned to your supermarket by your zip code. It would be the supermarket would have no interest in pleasing its customers. Like, are you De, okay? De Blasio all screwed of, you, New York, but there's a, there, there, are, there are opportunities, I think, to revamp the public school system. No, no, but are you okay if, if they say every public school in America is going to come and impose a CRT philosophies on the young kids? Then what do you do? You and I can take our well, kids to private school, but the average person well, making 52 is going to say, dude, I can't go to Delaware, it's still CRT. I can't go to New York, it's still CRT. I can't go anywhere. I don't think you would ever see something like that nationwide. I think that the Virginia gubernatorial election taught us that. And if the parent was, if, if the money were attached to the back of the kid, and you had a system where, oh, that school gets the 20000 if I can lure that those parents, this would never happen. Yeah. I, <clears throat> regarding CRT... I don't think anything should be banned, right? Like nothing should be banned. However, I do think there, like for instance, I wouldn't want my elementary school kid learning about CRT. I wouldn't probably even want a middle school kid. But at some point, eleventh, twelfth grade, I think it's open it up. Let's let's have open conversations. You're about to get ready for the real world. There's going to be a lot tougher things you're going to deal with than a than a CRT class or a right, but curriculum. As long, as long as you're teaching both sides of every story, it's true. But if you don't want the government to just ban things. You're big fans of DeSantis, and I am in many ways. But what about his saying, it's kind of like no one may teach critical race theory. No one may say in this school, we demand you wear a mask. That seems totalitarian. Mm -hmm. To also not allow kids to wear masks at certain schools. 
Yeah, not yeah. if the school chooses it. And the, Let them do it. Well, since the, yeah. since, yeah. since the Supreme if, Court if the ruled, look how leave. many. Uh, since the Supreme Court, court ruled, that. look how many companies have abandoned their mask mandate. Yeah. So, by the way, look, while, while you're saying this, let's transition into what Boris Johnson just said yesterday. If you want to pull up that video, we covered a lot of different topics here. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we we found sure out do. Abraham Lincoln is white, which yeah. was, uh, yeah. which Breaking was news, extremely guys. important. If you wanna if you wanna make that bigger, uh, this is uh, uh, Boris Johnson. Play he just said badly. this three days ago. Go ahead. Mandate the wearing. Rewind of a little bit because you played it when I was speaking. Go back a little bit. Here we go. The government will no longer mandate the wearing of face masks anywhere. Mr. Speaker. Wait. Listen. Mr. Speaker. Are they booing him? Mr. Speaker, from, from tomorrow, from tomorrow, we will no longer require face masks in classrooms. And the, and the Department for Education will shortly remove national guidance on their use in communal areas. In the country at large, we will continue to suggest the use of face coverings in enclosed or crowded spaces, particularly when you come into contact with people you don't normally meet. But Listen. we will trust the judgment of the British people and no longer criminalise anyone who chooses not to wear one. The government you, will no longer... He just saved his hiney. What do you think about that, John? I think British people just sound smarter because of their accent. But <laughs> yeah, let... Trust people. If you compare the states, and I, my last video is about that, how there's just no pattern. States that don't require masks, like Florida, they get smeared. Oh, more deaths in Florida than any other place. And the slimy media does this by mentioning Florida when you have a bad month and ignoring Florida when the numbers are good. Florida is number 19 in deaths, and Florida has more old people. So Florida's doing pretty well, despite having totally different rules. And you, there's just yeah, no better. It's the third largest population in the country. New York, uh, New Jersey did really badly, and they have tough rules. So can you say, well, locking people up makes increased the problems from COVID? No, because there were fewer deaths in California, and they had horrible rules. So there's no pattern. And everybody acts like, oh, yes, if you only do this, you will solve it. But we're never going to solve COVID. It, li- it lives on in animals. Are we going to require lions and tigers to wear masks? We have to deal with this. It's a bad look. It's a bad <laughs> look. Lions look good. They know. need their, their mouth. Yeah. What would you say, Daniel? I think, I think that we're learning that that common sense, as Prime Minister Johnson said, that common sense should prevail. I mean, if you're like in a really crowded subway car in New York and you don't have a mask on, then you, you know, in the event that you've got me, minor lupus, and I get COVID and it takes my ass down. Hi, I was in a crowded subway car with people breathing all over me. If I'm walking down the street or if I'm in a store by myself yeah. and it's not crowded and I don't have my mask, fine. How's it, is it gonna come? come up and jump and, and get me from someplace across the street? No. You Where can, I you, live, you they're wearing masks in the outside. It's just... I know. I'm, I'm in New York on Tuesday. I, that's the freakiest thing about New York is that there's such a fear factor. Mm-hmm. I, I was in Los Angeles recently, and there are people walking on the streets, empty streets of Los Angeles, downtown Los Angeles, in masks. And I'm like, 
what do you think is going to get you? You're outdoors. I mean, that's why I'm that's what I'm saying. Government shouldn't brainwash people out of having any common sense. And that's what we've seen in America. And elsewhere. Austria just mandated Austria did vaccinations. Yeah. But fear is such a powerful it is. motivator. And as a consumer reporter, I was eagerly covering every scare that came by. Red dye number six. Asbestos from hair dryers. Tylenol. Tylenol. Y2K. It's going to crash all the planes. Yeah. That's kind of like the new thing there, this G5 they're talking about. 5G, yeah. One after the other, none of it happened. You're going to get brain cancer from your cell phone. The killer bees are coming up from Mexico and they're going to, they're going to sting hey, us. But to what death. they said about putting metal in microwaves, that was true. Well, that's true. You, you laughed. I made you laugh. Oh, my God. That's the joke? That's wow. the one that made you laugh? The metal in microwave oh joke? My oh, my gosh. That's a tough crowd over here. Don't put metal in the microwave. So, it's true. But we fall for it again and again. It's, it's fear porn. Fear porn. I like that. That's a, huge, that's a huge hashtag on Twitter. Yeah, fear porn. I like mm -hmm. that. So it's no longer, what's that porn and by the website? Way, people, Pornhub is going to be fear hub, right? For all my Twitter mm -hmm. followers, PVD uh -huh. is getting to be really active on Twitter. So all my oh, Twitter yeah. followers, wow. you better be following it. <clears throat> wow, thanks. So, so by the way, this is how I see it. I see it from the element of uh, should, should some people be micromanaged? Yes. Mentally okay. ill, Give, helpless people. Who else? Who else? Who else should be micromanaged? I got four kids. Toddlers? Who should be micro? Okay, good. Toddlers who could fall into a swimming pool perfect. and die. I totally agree. How level of micromanagement should we treat toddlers? At what level? Is that a hundred? The highest level I possible. Agree. I agree. Down. Right. And I boys mean, once, more once than girls. Boys to, should be micromanaged more than girls. Once they're mobile. Oh my okay. gosh. Tell me why, by the way. Unpack that. Why boys need to be micromanaged more than girls? Because. Boys are stupider and crazier. And <laughs> their frontal lobe does not. No, 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 no. But you're not. We being, develop later. You do. <laughs> Males' frontal lobe develops by the age of 25. They're 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 actually physiologically idiots yeah. until 25. Some until 50. Some until forever. Just all depends. Don't I know it, Danielle? It's tough out here. Okay. When I when well, we're I gonna we're gonna get you to procreate one of these days. Right? And when when it happens, I want Listen, you to go full just, speed ahead and make up for the lost you time. You should be Adam. very happy to know that I'm I'm practicing every weekend, and then when it's ready for game time, I will let you know. Thank you very much. Thank Appreciate you. that. Here's one example <laughs> that that when I finally refused to do the scare stories on 2020, somebody came in with. Uh, Bic lighters are exploding in people's pockets and setting them on fire, and they've killed four people over the past four years. And it was true. And 2020 did the story. They, when I refused, they got Bob Brown to do it. But when I looked at the data, you see that 10 times as many are killed by plastic bags. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We don't do stories on plastic bags because they're too ordinary. And 200 Americans are killed over that time by buckets, five-gallon buckets. Mostly because two-year-old toddlers climb into them and manage to drown. And most of those are boys. Where, okay. were, you, where were you going but with the let micromanaging? Me, let, me, yeah. let, me, let me tell you where we're going. At what point should you micromanage less? Like, what age should you micromanage kids less? I tell every parent, the minute you don't have to have eyes in the back of your head and your kids can swim in the ocean, okay. you're going to cross a Rubicon to a higher level of freedom. Okay. Will, will, will you ever be 100% not needing to... Uh, uh, watch what your kids are doing at any age. Hopefully, if okay. you've raised yeah. them correctly, then they now, have but independence. But watch where I'm going with this. Out of your four kids, five kids, three kids, could one need more management than the others? Yeah, the, the others? three boys. Okay, fine. So here's where it goes. Then the question becomes the following. 
Should the president or the government trust what percentage of people to make the right choice for themselves and others? Meaning, you're not going to commit suicide, you're not going to hurt yourself, that's going to hurt others, or you're not going to hurt other people. What percentage of America should the president and the government trust? And the rest we micromanage. What percentage? Do you understand the question I'm asking yes. and where now I'm going you've with crossed this? The There's levels to but, but no, no, There's guys, I'm going to. I'm trying to make a point here. So what? What do you think is a? But now you. But now you've crossed a constitutional line. Now you. You've gone into a different vector. So so tell me what that means because my question is fairly simple. What percentage of America should we trust that's going to make the right decision that's not going to hurt them, their family, their peers, and the people around them? And which ones should we micromanage? Well, I, I think the word liberty is coming to mind. Yeah, but... but it's, it's in a great big document. Well, listen, uh, to, to me, prisons are a form of micromanaging. Jails are a form of okay. micromanaging. Those people need to be micromanaged because you killed somebody, you committed murder, you stole. Again, what percentage should we micromanage and what percentage should we trust? It's a According very simple question. According to New York's new attorney general, none. That's the point. What do you think that number needs to be? John, I'm actually curious what somebody like you would say to that. What do you think that is? 2%. 2%. I don't, I don't like you saying that the president should micromanage them. The president is Government, to... local, state. Okay. okay, let's stay there. So let's take the president. A government, state, local, you know, uh, cities, all of that. So you said 2% needs to be 1%. micromanaged. Okay. Okay, do you know what the answer to this question says? The answer to this question will tell the world where you lean politically. The answer to this question will tell you where, where you lean politically. I'm convinced. Because if somebody says what? Ask this question today, folks. If you're having lunch with your friends, forget about that. You know, just ask them. I heard on the podcast today that they were saying this. What do you think that percentage is? You will see. If a person says 50% needs to be watched, well, you know where that person leans. They want big government. If a person says 1%, those people trust people. To me, it eventually gets to a point where you ever heard of these kids or these girls or the boys that are raised in a family that's hardcore micromanaging? What's the first thing they do when they go to college? Like Catholic schoolgirls. They, get yeah. they blow out. themselves yeah. up. Are you kidding me? Like yeah. they run a, you know, it's like it's it's. They insane. last a whole semester before they're like, I, I was yeah. drunk the whole what time. What the I hell just happened? Do you yeah. even actually had to go into the classroom? I think this is a prime example. Boris Johnson, of they've been micromanaging their people. Mm -hmm. And America right now is trying to micromanage its people. And what Biden is telling and the administration is telling in some of these states like California, New York, what they're telling their people is we don't trust 99 percent of I'm liking you. the new mayor of New York. I mean, he's only been there for five minutes, but I'm, I'm, I'm liking Eric Adams saying we're not closing the city. You got mayor, you got open. governor. You got, you got two but different issues. Pat, let me give yeah. you a different perspective. Yeah. We're all micromanaged in some capacity, meaning sure. you can't just run red lights. You got to stop at stop signs. You typically have to wear a seatbelt. You kind of got to pay your taxes. You can't murder. We're all like there's different levels. Of, you t in some that's states, that's called you the rule of no, law. No, no, okay, but that is not, micromanaging. No, it's it's not. not just one big it's free not. for all. And no, tyranny. it's not. No, it's not. No, 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 it's not. No, it's not. Here's how this works. Hey, son, here's the guidelines in this house. Go. Versus, what'd you do? Where you at? What are you doing? What's right. this? Why'd you do this? No, go over here. That's that's so laws aren't micromanagement. No, law, those are guidelines you create, yeah. and then you hope the people live by those but guidelines. Laws aren't so, guidelines. So Adam, laws are yeah, laws. The, the yeah, but if you constantly keep creating new laws mm -hmm. over and over and over again, what you're trying to say is, I don't trust the people. Mm -hmm. In a family with a lot of laws, things break. 
okay? Right. One or two or three, fine. When you over-regulate kids or yes. over-regulate people, you piss them off and they turn against you. Gave you gave the story of the Catholic schoolgirl. I, I, yeah. I did the Sauscast yesterday. We had the pretty girl Jen on, and she was she had older brothers, and her brother, I go, oh, you had older brothers. Uh, good luck out there. And she goes, yeah, they gave me a list of guys that I could right not there. date right. in high school. Here's the list of 10 guys you could not date. She goes, I dated every single one of them. I go, what? He goes, you don't tell me what to do. I mean, that's a form of micromanagement. Okay. Your so, older so, brother's telling is. you who you yeah. can and cannot right, date. So, so Adam, I think, I think Patrick, John, and I are going to agree on something. As parents, mm-hmm. what's the hardest thing to do as a parent? When your kid does something wrong, what do you tell them? If you're a one percenter as opposed to a micromanager. God, I'm sorry you made that choice. That just sucks. Sorry. And you walk away. And the consequences be what they may. And that's how you teach guidelines. Right, Patrick? I'm sorry you made that choice. John? I always said, wife, would you handle this? (laughs) (laughs) Is Danielle right in 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 the looseness that she governs her household? There's, or is no, there a there's no looseness there? if there's a real consequence. I'm meaning like, hey, better luck next time. That's the approach. I'm asking you. But this this is a problem now. I mean, <clears throat> we're over micromanaging these kids, and now what do we have? Safe spaces. Nobody can get hurt. Nobody can run on their yeah. own. I mean, this was um, trophy the, culture. The co- the coddling of the American mind. I forget who wrote it, but but he he the, the author started a movement called Free Range Kids, where he lets his kids at 10, 12, 11, or 11, 10, 12, 13 walk to the subway, walk to their friend's house. He doesn't know where they're at 24 7. I mean, mine are it's getting she, on airplanes she, by themselves actually, and flying Lenore halfway across Skenazy. the country. Lenore like uh, Tom Zenner with Dash. Remember the time, first time we met? He came out of nowhere. He's like, where were you at? I was surfing. Okay, cool. Ten-year-old kid. Ten-years-old. Yeah. Just rolling around Southern In California. Manhattan. Yeah. So, so okay. So but, I let, guess, let, but then you give them independence, and then they're, it doesn't matter what the government tells a kid who becomes independent. Yeah. When you raise them right, you're like, sucks you made that choice. Sorry. And whatever. You turn off their phone. You, <laughs> they don't get to go out for a few days. Whatever, whatever privilege they lose, they lose. But you're like... Sorry, you made that choice, and you walk away. Yeah. Otherwise, and then then your kid can be surfing on Manhattan Beach, and they're gonna be okay because you've taught them how to be okay. Yeah. As opposed to you know constraining them to where they need a damn safety dog and safety space, it, all that. I'm not gonna use an ugly word, but you know. Can we look at one more contradiction? Sure. In that you talk about jailing people and where's the right level, and now you've got places like San Francisco where. They don't arrest anybody for stealing up to $900, and people are stealing all the time. And even the mayor now has said, we're going to stop this bullshit. We're going to have more aggressive policing. And I agree they should. On the other hand, America locks up more people than any other country, by far. We have 4% of the population of the world. We have 25% of the inmates. That's nuts. But by the way, if you've been to Alcatraz, they got a wall with all the stats of the fact that here's how much money you spend, here's this, here's that, here's that, and how America leads in incarceration. And that becomes a training ground to turn a criminal that was a three into a six because you're going to go there and learn how to commit crime in many different ways. And you get the playbook from the best of the best, right? It's total criminal. It's like going to school to become a bigger criminal. That's what prison training. But, John, you know what you just did? No, what you, just, I just you, do? you just even strengthened my argument, and I love you for it. You're so amazing because my point is to try to micromanage more people is not effective. To, to, to not, my kid yesterday screwed up. I got a call from his principal. Ooh. So I go in, and, and I say, uh, 
how you doing? Hey, Dad. I'm like, uh, you know what I'm talking Yeah, I know, I know. I'm like, let's go in the other room. I said, so what happened? Just tell me the truth, buddy, because you know these guys are going to tell me what happened. I know, here's what I did. Da, 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 da. You're probably disappointed in me, huh? I know you would be. I'm like this guy. I'm trying to say, no, I'm not, son. You're, you're, I love you. And I'm like, yeah, it's, you know, I mean, you know the decision. That's you not make. easy to that's do. Not, that's not the right move you just made, buddy. You know that. That's not the right thing to say, no, I know that, and I'm really disappointed in myself. How are you going to fix this, right? And he goes into this whole thing about how you're going to fix this. What did he do? Nothing. But the principal called because he talked back and some of the, you know, he was talking while they're taking the test and he was talking to him. Anyways, I mean, obviously to me that's nothing but from a 1.8 GPA community. <laughs> but for the 4.2 GPA community, that's a big deal apparently. And it's fine. We want him to have better grades. And uh, so I talked to him. I'm like, okay, here you go. You know, if you choose every opportunity to discipline your kids, that's going back to everything is a crime. It's too much. I don't think that's a good idea. I think you made a mistake. Let's train you. Let's teach you better habits. Let's give you different opportunities. Uh, but, you know, I don't think our administration today and many states in America, I don't think they trust their citizens to make the right choice. I think they want to try to be everyone's mommy and tell them what to do and what not to do. And eventually people are going to burn out. Yeah, and I, leave. Yeah, and by the way, you know, you know what's crazy? A lot of people that are moving to Florida, they're Democrats. And they're staying Democrats. Mm -hmm. But they're Democrats who don't want to be told what to do. They're Democrats who are like, just trust my decision-making process. I've never committed a crime in my life. Why do you treat me like I'm well, a look criminal? At this. I mean, look Leave at me this, alone. Look at this absolute campaign against Joe Manchin. I mean, how much? How many ad dollars have been spent by the Democratic Party attacking this Democrat? 700, yeah, I saw Jesus. that. Jesus, yeah. I mean, and, but he's speaking... For for the for the silent majority in the middle of the country. Can I, can I make one point Please, about Boris Johnson? Yeah. We're going to move on. So yeah. some of the more three most powerful words in business or in anything in marketing are things have changed. Someone taught me that when I was doing cold calling for my financial firm and I couldn't get through to people, and they said use these words, things have changed. And it's like, oh, what's changed? Well, you know, the, the comp structure, uh, the marketing, the capabilities, but things have changed with covid you know we, we're gonna lock down for two to four weeks to control the curve we're gonna we're gonna um we're gonna implement these laws and mass mandates and all this and but clearly things have changed and we can't have the same exact rules that we operated in you know 6 12 18 months ago that are moving forward so when did boris johnson make this speech in uh two days ago this, okay this yeah so clearly things Three have changed ago. the point where he's like all right we are no longer gonna do the mandates, the requirements that have been done because things have changed. We're starting to live with COVID. The living in fear of COVID is now gone. People are tired of wearing freaking masks. Things have changed. So you got to adapt. Adapt, you know, adaptation is uh, the key to life. Things have changed. Can Why were they the laughing in Parliament? I don't know if they were laughing per se. I, I think they. I, I heard applause. I heard relief. No, no. The first one was laughing. The second one was applause. Well, those are the ones wearing the masks in the no, House no, of Commons. No, no. The comments. first one was was laughing. The second one was applause. I know what he's talking about. At first, when he said, we're going to remove the mask mandate, they were laughing. Like, and he was and saying, they're all hey. laughing behind their masks. Yeah. So you, why it is... Look, here's the other part that you got to realize. First of all, question becomes newsome. Do you trust the judgment of Californians? I'm curious. Do you? Do you trust the judgment of Californians to make the right decision for themselves? Or do you trust that you make better choices for Californians than they do. And Mr. President Biden and Kamala Harris, do you trust the judgment of the American people? Or do you think you're better at making decisions for us than us? 
That's the real question. Do you think we can make the right decision for ourselves? Because I think right now, here's the right move, and I predict this is what's going to be happening in the next 30, 60 days. I think 30, 60 days, you're going to hear the same exact thing. You're going to hear a speech from Biden, and the media is going to run with it. He's going to say, due to our policies and what things we did with COVID, boosters, all this other stuff, and the help of Anthony Fauci, we are now removing masks, and we are now this, this, this with kids, and we are now doing this with schools, and applause. Oh, my gosh, because midterms is around the corner. Do not be surprised if Joe Biden gives the same exact speech. And by the way, I thought that's what's going to happen yesterday with his press conference, and it was going to be a victory, and it became the complete opposite. Yesterday was an opportunity for them to do the same thing. You understand what I'm saying? Like, he could have had the same kind of a situation. Hey, let me tell you what we're doing. Due to this, we're doing this. But nope, they stuck to their guns. And a UK is now making progress, and America is not making progress. Okay, so. No, and the economy is slowing really fast. So he can say whatever he wants in 30 to 60 days. If, this, if, if some of the trends that are emerging continue, it, it's going to be irrelevant because his, his supporters are starting to get hit where it hurts. But your, your key point in that, Pat, was that they're going to do it because of midterms. That's it. Not because they trust the people. Not because not, they believe themselves. Right. They, 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 they want a nanny state. I mean, and this is the exact debate we're in, the elitist versus the commonwealth. With all due respect, both sides do it. And, and I'm, that part, I'm not going to sit there and make it a democratic thing. I think Republicans do it. Democrats do it. When they see all of a sudden midterms are coming and some policies are not working, they have to pivot quickly. But here's a point. What does a great coach do in the middle of a game? Call an audible. You make pivots. Yeah. That's good. You yeah. should do that. Hey, the people don't like your policies. Pivot. Mm-hmm. So they sh- the right thing they should do is they should pivot. But will they pivot? That's the question. We how, don't know. How do Republicans want a nanny state? I didn't say Republicans want a nanny state. You said both parties. No, what I said is the fact that Republicans sometimes see a policy that they introduce that didn't work, and they get backlash, then they pivot. Okay, and then the Democrats say they're only pivoting because they're scared of losing midterms. You're right. So that's a both sides thing, not the nanny state thing, the fact that they pivot on their policies. Let's go to the next story. Let's go to the next story. So we talked about CRT, which led to all these other stories. Let's go through a light story here that maybe there's, I don't know, this could get heated, folks. So just brace for impact because this could get very, very emotional once I go through the story. I'm hoping everybody can handle this in a civil way, but uh, it's not up to me. I can't control people. Uh, I trust people. That's my problem. Okay. All right. So Living Magazine. Most of us prioritize our pets, physical and mental health over our own. A new study finds. Can you put that link up so we can all see it? New survey reveals that the lengths of people will go to care for their pets, including acupuncture, acupuncture therapy. There, uh, three in five pet parents think the pandemic has increased their fury, pal, separation, anxiety. A survey of 2,000 cats and dog owners found that 59% have also gotten or have considered getting an additional animal companion for their existing pet. Of those who bought, brought, or considered to bring in a new furry friend home, roughly three in five did so to keep their first pet company, 58%, to teach them how to interact with other pets or animals or to improve their socialization skills. <laughs> when it comes to emotional support, seven in 10 say that their pets actually rely on their own stuffed Animals Conducted by one poll on behalf of the Spot Pet Insurance, the survey also found that it takes an average of five and a half months for a new pet to start acting odd. The most reported (laughs) odd behavior are making loud noises, hiding from avoiding others, and jumping. Do you agree with this article? Do you agree with this article, Adam? How often do you take your cats to acupuncture? I think this this article is singling out dogs. Hey... (laughs) 
cats getting Q-cat. acupuncture. I wow. think this article is singling out dogs. I don't know. I, I see dog owners. They walk them in strollers. They have backpacks for their dogs. They're putting their dog. Nancy spends a, a hundred bucks a month on dog outfits over here. Like this is a. I don't rarely see cat owners. You have a doing cat stuff backpack. like this. I, I'm considering getting one. Thank you. Oh, God, but the me. reason that I like cats, I've been very open about this, and Raisin and I have two of them, is so they can hang out, and I can just peace out for the weekend. I'll see you guys in three days. You guys take care of it yourself. It increases I'm their not socialization gonna, I'm not going to micromanage you guys. I trust the science. I trust you guys to take care of yourselves. I'll see you in three days, and I'm out, and I'll be back. Now, if you're a dog owner... How many dog owners have to cut short whatever they're doing? I got to go walk my dog. I got to go feed my dog. I literally then, bring my dog to the office. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and <laughs> you literally need to stop. But, yeah. but I get it. Yeah. <laughs> so how many people here bring their dog? Nancy brings her dog, dog. David brings her dog. Eric brings her dog. times a day. Every time Cats are way more independent than dogs. It's basically not, it, what it, I'm it's, saying. It's true. It's true. But, but, but just out of curiosity, do you have any pets? You said you're, you, have, you guys have a dog because your kid is allergic to cats, right? Yes. Okay. Do you have one or two? One. How about yourself, Daniel? Uh, we uh, littermate basset hounds, dumb, Bas- dumb as rocks. Great, great, great dogs. <laughs> How many dogs, Daniel? <laughs> two, two basset hounds. Two dogs. How about you yourself, Tyler? I got two dogs, and they're both. We can't leave the house for five minutes. They will lose their mind. Seriously? Bingo. Oh yeah. Okay. They Maybe you should out. consider acupuncture. Yes, I <laughs> so think that's got, where I'm headed. I have two, ca- and you've tomorrow. got what? I got two intimidating Shih Tzus is what I got. And then you had one. You had a third dog. Yeah. Which that lasted Kobe, how long? One month because he was biting the other two. Yeah. And Melva and uh, Tico and everybody couldn't handle it. I said, Listen, hot sauce. Eric is. Hot sauce. <laughs> Eric Another is drink drink. That's right. Hot <laughs> sauce. But is this a waste of money? But by the way, a part of it, like I remember the way we got uh, Jimbo is Jimbo came and jumped on my lap. I said, I want to take this dog home. I said, and I feel bad to separate the brothers. I'll take the other brother as well. I think they need company. I think dogs need company, right? Mm-hmm. Just like here's a question. Let me ask this question, not to make comparisons of human beings and dogs. John, I hope you don't get offended by this full disclaimer to everybody out there. <laughs> how, how many of you in here are uh, an only child? John, you're an only child? And Daniel, you're not. Tyler, you? You're an only child? Yeah, basically. My, my siblings are 12 years older. So, yeah, I'm basically an only you're child. You're not really. You're not an only, only child, child, buddy. No, you're an like, older listen, sibling. Basically, Relax. 12 no, years. You're not. David, uh, David, are you an only child? No, sir. How about uh, Adam? You're not. You I got a sister, sister Jenner. Yeah. yeah. So, so, what do you think about, you know, nowadays the conversation like we're just going to have one kid? Do any of you have an opinion of having only one kid and being an only child? Do you have any stories, testimonies, but any opin- opinions I, on I, this? I dated an only child once. How sweet was he? A little bit too sweet. <laughs> Cling, clingy? He was, he was well, well taken care of his entire life. And I hope that he married, I don't know, maybe a nurse? Yeah. Somebody very caring and giving with her time. All of her time. What does that mean, Danielle? Unpack that a little yeah, bit. She, I that? think she made her point, buddy. You know? He was a little clingy. He was a stalker. No, no, he needed attention. Like he needed, he needed somebody to mommy okay, him. He gotcha. didn't need a mom, not a not a wife. Is, is in other words, is what gotcha. he needed. Bingo, yeah. John. How many kids this, do you have? I have two kids, and this is one thing that's researchable. Unlike the so-called study from a company that sells pet insurance, I don't <laughs> believe that. No that's conflict of consumer, interest. No conflict that's of interest. That's the consumer investigative journalist calling them out right there. But we once tried to look at who does well in life, the only children, the large families, and there really was almost no difference except really? 
Firstborns and lastborns did better in areas you could measure, like school, than the kids in the middle. And who knows why? The, you the, haven't met my middle. The, fr- <laughs> the firstborns get more attention. Yeah. Oh my god. And the lastborns get what? More freedom? Maybe I don't know. They and totally the, get more freedom. The middle kids are just kind of stuck in the middle. Clowns that left I mean, me. Jokers let's to the not right, overgeneralize. The they found you did it, John. What do you mean? You're the, you're reciting your study. There was a small difference. Okay, but that's a fair criticism. I, yeah, and, you keep you know. contradicting I the whole in, show. I work John, in you're TV contradicting news. yourself. Okay, but, we overgeneralize. But, but, but time the youngest comes around, you're just like, oh, whatever, eat it off the floor. I'm sorry, you're in the middle of the highway. But time the youngest comes around, if there were four of them, I mean, you're just like, whatever. By the way, who's listening to this and is an only child? Like, if you're listening to this and. You know, as an only child growing up, as an adult, did you say, I wish I had a sibling? Like, did you sit there and say, I wish I had a sibling? Or did you say, no, nah, I was good. I had friends, I had cousins, I had, you know, people around me. I didn't need another sibling. But are you shocked to hear his, because I think you were basically inferring that an only child would lead to lesser success in life. Is that where you're going with? Because yeah. you're basically saying that I that's mean, not true. you look at Kennedy's, right? You have uh, Joseph, who was the most ambitious, who died in war as a pilot, right? The, but the father was named his oldest son after him. And he thought he was going to be the one that's the president. And the kid that had back problems, health issues his entire life, the youngest, who wasn't ambitious, who never had aspirations of being a president, he ends up becoming a president. So the dynamics are very weird when you look at it. Now, can he, you, who, he wasn't who, the youngest. Who, he, wasn't, he was the second, but he was the number three, I think he was. or number. Because Robert was younger, I thought. Yeah, no, I think he was the second youngest, but I think there's... Uh, but he, Joseph, wasn't, he wasn't the designated one. No, he, nobody he thought he was going to be. One. Even Robert. They thought Robert was more ambitious than John was. Can you say how many presidents we've had that say a uh, only, uh, child? only child? Have we had any only presidents, only child? Is Elon Musk only child? He's not. No, he's got, he's a, brother. got a brother. Yeah, that he's got a brother. That's right. That's right. How many presidents were only children? I'm actually curious now. None. No presidents have ever been the only child. George Washington, Franklin Roosevelt, George... Clinton, Barack Obama had half siblings, but no full siblings. Mm. Okay, so maybe that's a form of only child. Washington, Franklin, FDR, Ford, and Bill Clinton and Obama. But uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. You know, my opinion would be, if, the, if it, for, for what it's worth, I think there's competition in having more than a kid, more than one kid. I think there is things you learn. I think you have an mm-hmm. edge. I, mean, I think s- the oldest... rivalry turns, yeah, si- held, it teaches you how to deal with rivals in life. Yeah, I mean, Jordan became Jordan because his older brother, Adrian, would punk him and bully him, and he says, I'm going to get better than you in basketball. I think there's a... Rashad Evans yesterday said he became a fighter because his older, older brother, brother would say, go, go fight that yeah. guy. So, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'd like to research as John Stossel study that he just claimed here that, uh, you know, I, I'd like to Show study. your work, John. Well, this, Show this is your a, work. It's a famous Thomas Sowell point when he You talks want to about see equity. my work? You got to watch Stossel TV. I, <laughs> I do. That's I, bring it here. I do. I'm a fan. Go, go subscribe to his channel. Go ahead, buddy. Stossel TV. I was on just going to say, this is a Thomas Sowell point that he's been making for years when they yeah. talk about equity uh, of, of outcome. And, and it's all about your circumstances. To, to John's point, a big thing is the first children usually do better. They're smarter. They're, they're more taken care of. More attention is given to them. Um, it's, it's, that's why you can't ever have a quality of outcome. In a sense, because it's all about your circumstance. I just, I just did a famous only child. You know, famous only. Uh, is that the right word? I typed in famous only. You uh, typed in only fans by accident. No, I typed in ten, okay. ten famous only children is the proper uh, uh, English. So Isn't DuckDuckGo great that we can just get answers to questions on our little phone hmm. for free? Sweet. You're saying as stop. opposed to Google. 
Well, both of them, but I was plugging it because it's less evil than Google. But okay, it is. We we should stop and thank. Yeah. I guess the inventor of we should thank the Apple creators because it's great. Yeah. I waste so much time on my thing. Oh, you're okay. saying DuckDuckGo or Google? You didn't just that was not a shout out just to DuckDuckGo. By the way, uh, list of uh, only children: Lance Armstrong hmm. only. Okay. That doesn't surprise me. He's a, by himself biking. Maybe that's like not, not a team player. Frank Sinatra, only child. Okay. The greatest. Natalie Portman, only child. Robin Williams, wow, only child. Tiger Woods, only child. Laura Bush, only child. Teller of Penn and Teller, only child. They, <laughs> what is this proving? This, I'm just, we're doing, this is a, we're shooting okay, the shit. Why are you making this, this complicated, dude? What? Okay, to your Ro- show, you could Robert De Niro, wow. only child. Only child. Okay. Uh, 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 what about Musk's point that if everybody just has one child, the world is kind of screwed because who's gonna? We're keep rudely living longer and demanding that the state pay all our health care bills. Yeah. You're on fire today. You we've start off had, disagreeing and then you validate the point. We've just had the birth rate in the United States. We're gonna have States to have John home. move to Florida. Yeah. We're gonna have to have a conversation with John's wife. And figure out what it's going to take to move them to Florida. Possibly but a taser. You say when the Democrats move here, they resent, they, they stay Democrats. They just don't like the nanny state. Why not don't they become them. libertarians? Then? Yeah, not all of them. No, or but, independents. Way, but they are. They are. You have to realize, first time I sat down with this guy, and I met him and I started talking to him, you know, he was in a complete different place versus where he is today. He says if DeSantis goes, he would consider voting for DeSantis, even though he's a diehard Trump fan. That, <laughs> no, that's, that's you sarcasm, point. John, I, just, I, just in case you did your poker side didn't catch that. But, uh, yeah, so, I, I, you know, let's go to the story with Elon Musk and what he's talking about. I think that's just a perfect segue into it. Elon Musk laments the declining birth rate. If you aren't, uh, if there aren't enough people for Earth, then there definitely won't be enough people for Mars. This is an insider story. Elon Musk says people should be concerned about the population collapse. There's people that talk about depopulation. This guy's talking about overpopulation. He wants more kids, not less kids. Musk shared his worries in a series of tweets on Wednesday following a general decline in birth rate. Uh, Amid the pandemic in the U.S., the birth rate fell 4% from 2019 to 2020, marking the country's lowest number of births since 1979, which I thought they would have had more kids because you're spending more time with your spouse. Musk is aiming to put humans in a settlement on Mars. He said that SpaceX will land humans on the planet with its Starship rocket in five to ten years. But if the demographic crisis doesn't let up, there won't be enough people for Mars, he said. Last month, Musk, the father of six, said that unless people have more children, civilization is going to crumble. Adam, your thoughts, because I know this is uh, very personal to you. <laughs> well, you said you thought that more that we'd, people would have more kids during the pandemic because they're home alone. Didn't you? Like Everybody I, was talking about people maybe, are having maybe more sexually, sex. But I'll tell you time. this, yeah. there's nothing sexy about a pandemic. There's nothing sexy about masks. There's, I mean, you literally had to social distance. Yeah. So I don't know if uh, you, you weren't going to meet up with people at bars. You weren't going to... It wasn't conducive to procreation. But I don't know. Okay, look. Is Elon a visionary? Yes. Is he the richest guy in the world? Yes. Is he just a complete beast? Amazing. I don't get the Mars thing. I'm just... (laughs) I don't get the obsession with Mars. I would rather him focus on improving Earth, the only planet we've ever known and probably will ever know. I've done some... You know how cold it is on, on average in Mars? You know, let me let me throw some stats your way. Mars is f- 
further from the sun than the Earth, okay? It's a very cold planet. The average temperature on Earth, 55 degrees Fahrenheit. The average temperature on Mars, minus 80 degrees Fahrenheit. He's taking heaters, though. He's taking heaters okay. with them. How long, is it, how long do you actually think it takes, assuming people get on rocket ships, to get to Mars? How long do you think? To get to Mars from yeah. here? I have no idea. Yeah, seven guess. seven days. Years. Seven days? I thought it took a year. How about year? a half a year a if year, you're lucky, yeah. and it takes a year on average. That's like, what I thought. It's, it's a gonna slow take you a, rocket ship. People get upset about doing 16 hours from you know, New York to Dubai. You think you're going to uh, enjoy your one-year flight, buddy? Enjoy that. I, I, I don't get it. All right. The flight's going to land. Nobody's going to be alive. They'll have killed each other by then. 100%. That people are freaking out on, on planes these days because if you don't wear a mask, you're fist fighting right now. What's going to happen on a year-long flight to Mars? But I think I think they're supposed to like cryogenically do something to where they like knock your ass out for the first six months of the trip. Okay. Well, or, or they'll he'll invent something like a fax machine. We'll just be faxed just over te- to Mars. Like teleport. You're talking yeah. about teleporting yeah. Mars. Okay. Now yeah. you, that's John, like an '80s uh, reference. Now <laughs> teleport. John, John, John anyway, you're going back to Star Trek. He, I, I assume so temperature. Be, you talk about temperature. You talk about temperature. You talk about six to twelve months. Yes, what else do you have? There's for us? very little oxygen. You can't really breathe. It's basically mostly carbon dioxide. Obviously, Crazy. here we're oxygen. I mean, yeah. that's what we breathe here. And here's another little fact: plants can't even grow on Mars. So this obsession with Mars sounds amazing. And obviously, I've been very vocal that I think. Elon Musk is literally trying to bang aliens. Uh, that's hence why he made his girlfriend dress up as an alien and get alien tattoos, and then he broke people, up with people her. People have different fetishes. I don't know. He, that's his fetish. But he broke uh, up with her, so he's a single dad of six yeah, kids. Six kids. Yeah. Um, yes. He, they are no longer together. Grimes, uh, I believe. She is was her like name. nine years old, anyway, right? She's much Easy. younger than Whoa. He... nine years younger or nine years old. No, 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 no. She was not nine, nine years younger. She was Thirty years younger. Okay, yeah. she was much yeah. younger, but. The point is, I wish that he would use his amazing knowledge and double down on green energy and Neuralink and everything that he's doing here and just, we're not moving to Mars. Do you think he hasn't thought of this? Like, do you think he's going to watch this podcast and be like, you know what? I'm not going to go to Mars. Adam just made a great point. (laughs) I hadn't realized that it's that long. Fuck. Yeah, I mean, that's a great point. Maybe he's the the wealthiest man in the world and he wants to keep his share price up. Uh, I just I think it's a distraction, the Mars thing. I but think, he's just trying to make sure that he maintains his mystique. That's exactly. It. That's why his stock price Thank is you. Wait, wait, Thank wait. You. Let me let me ask you guys a question. Let me ask you guys a question. Do you think this <laughs> Mars thing is just a troll like he's bullshitting? No. You Come think on, so, I Patrick? Think par- partially, Stop. yes. You think he's trying partially, to elevate his uh, stock price. You guys are so funny. I'll be damned. You are so funny. You think this guy's joking? You think this guy's joking? I actually don't think he's joking. Okay, good. Yeah, I don't think he's joking. Do you think people will be living in Mars by the time Elon Musk dies? Let's say he lives to age 100. I don't. I don't hold anything away from that guy. That guy. So that's it. You're believing that we're going to Mars? I I don't. Dude, I'm sorry. 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 I I had a little extra coffee today. (laughs) What I'm saying to you. What are you trying to say, (laughs) Pat? What I'm saying to you is, I think that guy is determined to do that. What seems very interesting to me. This Mm -hmm. was a story about. Not enough kids being born, and mm-hmm. you were concerned about Mars. Okay, well, that's a completely different thing. But that's the highlight. He but says I, there but aren't, I, aren't enough people on yeah, Earth. How are we definitely going to get Adam, to Mars? Adam, you can do so much more though yourself. <laughs> you just got to put your mind to it. I would say Having this. Kids. I have. I would say this. Actually, more I than think, your mind. I think Elon Musk is extremely aspirational. I think Elon Musk. I fully believe that what I'm about to tell you. I think he believes 
he would come out with a better foundation than what America was founded on. I fully believe that. Like, I think he looks at the Constitution, says I agree with 92%. Here's 8% of what I would have changed. Look at what's going on in America today. And I think he'd love to run a country. I think he'd love to run a community of millions of people. Like, he'd love to be a president. He can't do that in the U.S., and he, he was would, born in South yeah, Africa. And he would love to go to a different place to do it and prove that his case study works, that look at the kind of a environment I created. I think his ambition, he's that confident in his philosophies. I think that's the angle. And he's going to do that in Mars. I don't know if he's going to do that. All I'm saying to you is in his mind, if I'm speculating, he's got the money to buy a country if he wants. I mean, if he really wants to put his mind to it, he can, he go, can buy, buy an island. He can no go buy problem. a country. I didn't say an island. No, I'm, I'm talking about a big old country. He, John, he what do you think about this? I think he was joking when he talked about Mars, but the math is just the math. Yeah. There aren't going to be enough young people to pay into the fund that pays yeah. Medicare and Social Security. Yeah. And it's getting worse the less we procreate. So your encouragement to the youngest to go procreate more? Well, my daughter is procreating. <laughs> um, how many does she have? It's, it's a tough one. She has just had one, and she's okay. going to have another. But she has the assets to make it possible. And people have individually better lives when they're struggling if they don't have a whole bunch of kids. People used to have a whole bunch of kids because half of them died. And the others were working on the farm. Were needed for that. Now, it used to be 90% worked on the farm. Now it's 2%. That's why we have summer yet, break, I believe. And yet, when you see what's happened, uh, you know, in a post-CARES Act world, a lot of the smallest businesses in America, why are they still open? Because they were family-owned and family-run. You, you know, this, the, there, but there is, a, there is this whole thing about, do I really want to have kids, okay? Uh, I talk to a lot of people who flat out say, I don't know if I want to have kids. I don't know if I should have kids. I don't know if I want that responsibility. I don't know if I want to raise my kids in today's society. I'm concerned on what it is to raise a kid in today's society. You know, there are really a lot of people that are coming from a place of I don't want the responsibility and I don't want to be able to raise kids in today's society. Plus, the crime, the climate crisis, it's gonna, the world will be unlivable. 12 years from now, the world's going to end based on AOC, what she said. It's a, it's a factual statement she made that if we go at this pace, I don't know Is if that concerns Is she still here? You. Sorry. Yeah, she's still got 15 million followers on Twitter. And, you know, her message is I spreading. I she could have, like, left with de Blasio. I mean, we could, that, that would be like a buy one, get one free. No matter how much people say about her, she keeps getting bigger and bigger, and her audience keeps climbing in that youth. Well, she speaks well. And she's good looking. She is articulate and she is pretty, and I'll give you all that. But but all all of the legislation that's up on the hill seems to be failing. Okay, so to you, is this really a concern to you? With what Elon Musk is talking about? Meaning, so do you think this is so serious where there should be a campaign to inspire folks to have more kids, or do you think this is a do you think this is a financial reason why people are not having more kids? Do you think this is a responsibility? I don't want to have more kids. What do you think this is? Well, there already is a oh, campaign. No. Just yeah. look at China. China had a one-child policy for how many decades? And, and now in, they're encouraging yeah, having not, yeah. more than... I think you're allowed to have up to three kids in China now. India lapped them. Their biggest it, Exactly. So yeah. China has 1.3 billion people, and they've been limiting the supply of kids, supply and demand, economics, and there's basically... The, what, how, what's the average age of people in China? India is way younger than them. So now they're basically procreate, procreate, procreate. And they can't get the people to do it because they're like, I want to make sure that I've got the financial wherewithal, mm -hmm. and I only think that I have that for one child. And a lot of Americans who are of a younger age, 
and see housing prices as being off the rails and the ability to, I mean, if you've got the if you've got the means, if you've got the wherewithal, fine. But a lot of people are like, you know what? I can only really afford to bring up one kid. Yeah, I'm, I can't move to. Is there anything wrong know, with that? Is there anything wrong with that? With that thinking? With that thinking? No. no. Yeah. Okay. Perfectly okay. logical. I'm, I'm with that as well because I don't think you ought to have more kids if you can't afford to have more kids. Of course not. But I also think if you have the money and the resources, I think you ought to consider having two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight kids. I okay, think you ought to think it. about that. Yeah, okay. 10, 12, 14, 16, 18, I also 18, think there is going to be a millennial baby boom because, you know, they millennials are, 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 are waiting longer to have kids. You A generation ago, you would have kids at age 21, 22, 25. All right, okay. We're going to have to now Google. Now millennials will wait till 30, 35. Yeah, but that by definition, that means that you can't have as many. So okay, let's let's go but to the next. But you can still story. have two, of three. Course, yeah. I mean, you know, it doesn't have to be limited by yeah. one. But the economy has to be able to lift everybody up right now, and the way that we've been forming economic policy in this country, you're going backwards. You're basically saying it's the economy, stupid. It is the economy, stupid. There we go. We, Danielle and I agree. Okay, Boom, I'm going to give Mike. a shout out to a couple of people. Bedzina, Mosia Shivli said, "Reason TV is the bomb." John says it like it is. I agree. We should focus our efforts to fix Earth, but we do need everyone doing that. I think. But do we need everyone doing that? I think not. Next one, another super chat. John, I wanted to say, pay my dues. Thanks to you, I have found my love for Austrian economics. I'm now operating my own blockchain startup. Thanks to you. And after today's podcast, I plan on having seven kids. The last part was, <laughs> the last part was me. The last part was me. He didn't say that. I'm just joking. I'm giving you a hard time. Awesome. But by the way, Rodolfo Ramirez says something very interesting. He said, if you can teach CRT in school, you should also be able to teach religion in school. Okay? That's an interesting perspective. If you want to let CRT in, why don't we let religion in and Bible in school if we're going to go that route? Anyways, okay. Let's go to the next topic here with uh, President Biden on what happened with the press conference. Did you watch the press conference? Did you? No. And wasn't it two days ago? Two days ago, yes. Yeah, Daniel, were you able to watch it? I, I watched some of it. Uh, Adam, I did. did you? I, watched, I, I watched the I really... Watched the, I did watch some of it, the highlights, yes. Okay, well then let me read a little bit of it, and then you, you guys tell me if you caught any of it. Oh, I've, I've <laughs> got a really special part okay, of good. it that I want Tyler to pull Then up. perfect. So Biden's press conference was an utter disaster, says New York Post. If President Biden's press conference was, it was supposed to inspire confidence, it felt horribly, even though he spent most of it clearly calling on reporters from a list of safe questionnaire provided by his staff. He stumbled and bumbled and all too often made no sense at all. Plus, he repeated his bizarre whisper shout gimmick to emphasize certain points when what it actually emphasized is his age. His answers on Ukraine were particularly confused. The issue is pretty straightforward. Vladimir Putin is in the uh, threatening invasion and will do it if he thinks he can get away with it at the least. He'll try to get the West to bribe him by promising him much of what he wants without any fighting. Then, too, he ought to say Putin would win, albeit at a heavy price. The cost of going into Ukraine is a terms of physical loss of life for the Russians. They'll be able to prevail over time, but it's going to be heavy. Anyways, there was a bunch of different things that his, was discussed. His own State Department during the press conference was sending out clarifications to what he was saying because he was contradicting the State Department's plans that were public. And his own State Department was like, oh, sorry, he just made a boo-boo. Yeah, they, they asked us, so, you know, he just said that uh, he believes there's going to be meddling in the midterms for elections. And Asaki's like, well, no, that's not what he said. What he was trying to say, no, no, his words. Yeah. He said there's going to be meddling in 2022 midterm elections. That's not what he meant. And then uh, Kamala Harris was pushed on it as well. She got really upset. And even Morning Joe, your guy came out and said, uh, Putin and Xi, see this? 
and they see Biden as weak. They don't see him as a strong uh, uh, leader of a country. But what was your biggest takeaway watching the, uh, uh, the press uh, conference? Um, look, if this article was written by the Washington Post or um, something on CNN, I think it would have a lot more credence. And I, and I understand that, that the... Um, hey, Bloom- Bloomberg was reporting the okay. same kinds of... I mean, even the liberal media has gotten pushed to the point where they're like, yeah. they've got to recognize some of these gaffes. Yeah, there, there's no doubt that the guy is sort of a stumbling, bumbling, you know, gaffe machine. But then again, so was Donald Trump. And that's why Biden was elected Biden. just... Biden was elected not because he was going to be some superhuman... Uh, hero to Biden transform America. It was because he was not Donald Trump. What's, but, a, what's a whisper shout? When he's like, hey, listen, John Stossel, you come at me, buddy. I'm going <laughs> to challenge you to a push-up contest, buddy. That's a whisper. Yeah, and I'm, gonna, I'm yelling on the inside. Stossel, me and you are playing volleyball, buddy. Um, that's a, a whisper shout. I, Thank I you. Okay. I also think that the media, Biden doesn't do much to um, get a lot of media attention like Trump did. The so the one thing that they will get the media attention is, look at him. He's an old stumbling, bumbling fool. Oh, okay, cool. They'll get some clicks. I mean, you worked in media forever. But Pat, I actually want to get your thoughts on this one comment that he made because he was talking about basically he's touting his infrastructure and basically no surprise medical bills. And he basically said the words, we're not going back to lockdowns. We're not going back to school closings. Um, he said these words. Hey, look, man. I'm a capitalist, but sometimes, but capitalism without competition is not capitalism, it's exploitation. So the fact that, he, that Joe Biden came out and basically called himself a capitalist, stop. I think that's, oh, so what, what stop. stop? Why am I stopping? No, no, no. Like what I mean is stop, you know, you, because, you know, I can, I can be 400 pounds and tell you cheesecake's not good for you. <laughs> You know, yeah, you should true. stop eating cheesecake. It's just what not good what for you. provoked him to say that? What was the question? I, that was part of his speech. I didn't see him answering any questions. He's being yeah. attacked by First the middle, of all. by the middle of his party for trying to promote socialism. Yeah. yeah. Well, look, the fact that he even came out and said that, you got to applaud him for saying, "Look, I'm a capitalist," but even capitalism has some issues. Well, then why don't you try and back some capitalist policies? Hey, uh, I agree. First of all, listen. Let me simplify something for you, okay? The other day we showed the Steve Harvey deal, right? What did Steve Harvey show? Steve Harvey showed uh, uh, that uh, the difference between the reason why Dave Chappelle can get away with anything is because he's got what? Subscription. Subscription, not sponsors. He says not sponsors. When you're sponsors, you can't say everything, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Is, is Biden a subscription model or a sponsorship model? Sponsorship. Okay, then he's not going to say what he's saying behind closed doors. He's going to say, Pfizer, don't worry about it, bro. I just have to say that I, so I can get the people's confidence. But we got you. I still need your $48 million mm. on my campaign. Don't worry about it. So subscription model on who became a president or who had a shot at becoming a president is the following names, just so you know. Not sponsorship, whether you like this or not. Sanders was Bernie. a subscription model. Yes. Obama's first term was a subscription model. Mm. Trump's Trump. first term was a subscription model. So don't give me this bullshit about... AOC. Yeah, AOC is a subscription model. This ain't yeah. about left or right. This is why I respect Sanders, because he's a subscription model, okay? That's a very good point. This guy is not a subscription model. This guy is a sponsorship model that has to say whatever the money people tell him behind closed doors. And that's most of the presidents we've had in the last few decades. That's most politicians, to be honest. Yeah, but this is why people liked Obama and they wanted Trump and they wanted Sanders. That's a subscription model. they couldn't be bought. This, guys, this is not about policies. This is just telling you. 
five, ten, twenty, forty dollar. Eighty-eight percent of our donors are five-dollar donor. Eighty-eight, you know, those statistics that they mm-hmm. say. Yeah, these guys cannot say that. You remember that one time? Who was the person that was being interviewed? Uh, oh, you know what it was? It was Tucker had Jim Jordan on, and I don't know was Jim Jordan who it was. Actually, I do think it was Jim Jordan when Tucker said, "Hey, can you uh, all this stuff that you say about Google and all this other guys? Can you explain to us why you took a uh, majority of contribution is coming from Silicon Valley?" I don't know if you remember that or not. It was Jim Jordan. It, I, I thought it was Jim. I'd like to verify this. I don't want to put his name out there and, and defame his character if you can verify that. But the point is, the moment you go that route, okay, and you take money from Silicon Valley, you can't sit there and say this censorship bullshit that they're doing. Yes, Facebook, I'll take your hundred thousand dollars, but this sucks. Stop it. Yep. Stop it. You're acting on what you're doing. Yeah, I said it right. It was. Is it who is that? Is it Jim Jordan? I was right. How long ago was that, by the way? Can you pull that up and see how long? It was a year ago. Yeah, a year ago. I remember that. So that to me, the moment that, and I'm a Jim Jordan guy, I'm like, wait a minute. You're taking money from these guys, yet you're bashing censorship? So that's what I mean by stop it. You know, I it's, think it's, it's a, yeah. I, I may be wrong. Bad, no, I'm just, I think it's a valid point. I like the analogy that you did yeah. with the subscription versus um, sponsorship. These are a lot of sponsorship presidents we got here. Please, John. I disagree that they're doing it for the money. I think the main motivator is what will people like? What will make me popular? What will not piss people off? The money is secondary. Uh, Okay, I disagree. Here's why. You do that on camera, you're right. You're absolutely right on camera, for sure. One million percent you're right. But camera is Hollywood. Behind closed doors, sitting down doing deals, that's real life. All right, but we were talking about this in the context of the news conference. Sure, I get that. But he was explaining it from a standpoint of saying, what do you think about the fact that he said this? I'm a capitalist. But at the same time, you know, sometimes capitalists without competition is exploitation. You're right. So every time you raise minimum wage, who in the behind closed doors goes like this? Amazon says, do it again. Walmart says, do it again. We don't pay anybody 15 bucks an hour. People just want to trash us. Do it again. But the small guy that's sitting there running a restaurant says, Dude, I have no clue how the hell am I supposed to pay this waitress from seven twenty-five to fifteen bucks an hour and tips and restaurant. My burgers are gonna go from eight dollars to nineteen dollars. I can't afford to do that. Yeah. Big businesses love it when they raise minimum wage. So yeah, that's what I mean by exploitation. These are the guys, politicians are the guys with their policies that eliminate competition. If you leave people alone, competition will typically take care of itself, minus the monopoly side. Which is kind of happening right now. And you'd think we would have discovered this by now, that people would understand. Look at Hong Kong. They went from third world to first world because the government left them alone and people were free to compete. 15% flat tax. And the British rulers sat around and drank tea, left people to pursue their own affairs. And that took them from poor to our level of prosperity. Our level of prosperity today or back then? I'm talking 10, you know, now China's wrecking it, but it, it's Sorry, been Sorry, my, the... my, my, my former employer is about to pull the plug on this thing, so the Federal Reserve. About to pull the plug, plug on what, on, on, on liquidity, on, on what makes markets go, hmm, and things stay happy. Things that make you go, hmm. I'm, I, I, what do you mean by that? Get, they're, 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 January the 1st, they, they increased the... the the reduction of purchases into the market, mm-hmm. they doubled it. So now they're forty-five billion less that they're that they're. They're reversing the quantitative easing. Is what exactly, you're and they'll be finished by mid-March, and it's fully anticipated. So then, what and happens so after much mid-March? Political... 
Biden, at, at, at his press conference, said it, it's, it's time for the Fed to take care of inflation. Not mine. You know, it's not, not, not our worry. That's the Fed's purview. But so, your tone of voice says you like the quantitative easing. This no hell. Me? No hell. Oh, no. Oh, you're, oh, okay. no. You uh, don't uh, know, uh, Danielle. Uh, uh, That's uh, DDB uh, right there. No, Josh I wrote a book Russell. called Fed Up, Why the Federal Reserve yeah. is Bad for America After Working There for Nine Years. No, 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 no. Oops. No. No, but it's, I mean, it's hysterical that the, that the Biden administration is placing all of the blame on the supply chain disruption. I mean, there's, there, I mean, you can't even make this stuff up. By, by, by the way, like, you know, this whole thing with Dubai, right? Let me, Dubai Emirates suspends uh, flights to several U.S. destinations on 5G concerns. Uh, this is a Reuters story. The move is due to operational concerns associated with the planned development of 5G mobile network services in the U.S. The company said that it... The destinations include Boston, Chicago, Dallas, uh, Fort Worth, Houston, Miami, Newark, Orlando, San Francisco, and Seattle. We are working closely with aircraft manufacturers and their relevant authorities to alleviate operational concerns, and we hope to resume our U.S. services as soon as possible. The carrier said the White House said earlier on Tuesday that it wants to reach a, re a solution on 5G development that protects air safety while minimizing uh, disruption to air travel. How much of this really is 5G? How much of it is pro protecting a different messaging that's happening behind closed doors with traveling with vaccination cards? How much of it is, you know, where do you think this story lies? John, I'm going to go to you first. I, don't, I can't answer any of those questions. It's, it's, it's fear porn, again. It's Y2K. The planes are going to crash. But isn't 5G already in use? And, and the, the airlines have already aren't said crashing. no. <laughs> the, the major U.S. airlines have already told the FAA no. They told them no about what? About shutting down, yeah, right? Exactly. Meaning what though? They're going to shut down flights? They're not going to. They're no. The, the American, the, the American, big American airlines. The FAA was like, we got to figure this 5G thing out, and it's you know it's scrambling. You're, you know, it's not safe you'd be in the sky. And American airlines were like. Uh, not American Airlines itself, but big American airline companies. Were I like, got you. No, I sorry. got you. Play this video because, uh, you know, uh, Tyler's got this video that he wants to show with 5G. Again, folks, this is just a video. I don't want you to lose your mind. It's just a video Tyler found. Go ahead. So, and then the caption here is, the FAA published 1,400-plus notices to airmen about 5G and international airlines. They were canceling flights. They warned pilots not to use their uh, radio altimeter at more than 80 airports in the U.S. It just drives the gauges wild. Yeah. I yeah, mean, it, it I scrambles them, but you're assuming that the pilot can't fly the plane. And that they won't adjust to this. Well, he can't fly the plane if he doesn't have his gauges and he doesn't know where he's at and his altitude and, and whether he's not, if he's straight and level, if he's in a bank, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Then why haven't we seen planes come down? Yeah, how do I know that's just not a faulty radar? That's just something that, how do I know that's, that's because I said, of that, You're right, David. That's why I said, you know, this is just a video that Tyler found online that's showing that. Um, well, let me throw some stats your way because... 20 major air, um, airports have basically created a buffer zone. Uh, all the, the major airports in uh, New York, L.A., Miami, Orlando, uh, DFW in yep. Dallas, um, Seattle, Philly. I mean, there's 20 airports that said you cannot have 5G within uh, two miles of our airport. Okay. And it, I, I'm not the 5G expert. How are but they going to stop it? I don't know, but well, a, you'll, you you'll, can't have towers. You'll restrict, the, yeah, you'll, you'll restrict towers. Exactly. But basically the, where, where it comes into play is not so much when they're flying around the sky and they're you know 10 miles up in the air. It's regarding the landings. It's when they're closer within 1,000 feet of the tower is what they're worried about. And then the airlines of the pilot unions, which are not exactly always seeing eye to eye, they're actually lockstep on this. They're on the same page. They're basically in 100% agreement that this is basically – 
um, something that they need to be very weary of because essentially this comes down to safety yeah. over speed. I mean, what's the point of 5G? It's basically these you know, cell phone companies are basically putting up 5G so you can download your porn even quicker or communicate even quicker. Not you, John, obviously not you, but it's safety and speed. And, you know, I think right now we're, we're doing pretty good with the 4G, with the speed. Uh, the 5G is going to make it 10 times, 100 times faster. But look, we've got a pretty damn good record. If you've already come up record. with a happy medium of, of protecting the airspace in the immediate vicinity of the airport, then okay. Yeah, well, we've got a very good record of safety in, on our airline. I don't think any major U.S. airline has crashed in the last decade, if, even longer. U.S. airlines, domestically, 100%. So safety is a major concern. I mean, I, people get scared if there's, you know, some turbulence on a plane. Now if there's a, a plane that flies off the runway, God forbid the Hudson-type things happens again, you know. So it's a, it's a safety thing. I'm not the 5G expert, but basically when you see the airlines and the pilot unions basically on the same page – that should be a telltale sign that they're very concerned about this. And then there's, and then th- we've found a solution. What's the solution? The buffer zone? Yeah. Okay. I yeah. mean, I, I've had 5G on my phone all over the country for really? the past few months. I, I look down and I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm on 5G right now. Okay. Do you so, have strong feelings about this 5G, Pat? But I, I doubt, I, I bet when I'm close to the airport this afternoon, when I'm headed back to DFW, that the 5G disappears. I, I don't know. You go to these doctors and they say, do you have a lot of headaches? I do. Do you wear the ear uh, app, uh, Apple, uh, uh, what do you call earbuds. it? Earbuds. I'm like, I do. Well, we're getting a lot of people that are coming here saying they get a lot of headaches from wearing that. You may want to stop wearing that because of, you know, whatever radiation they're talking about. I'm like, okay. Is there 100% there? I don't know. They've been talking about stuff like this for a long time. They would talk about if you live near towers, cancer increases. I mean, the, it, and it, it never has mill. proven yeah. true. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what you said earlier. So... Um, I think we got to get a good investigative journalist. I think we know one that can go out there to these. He plays airports. too much volleyball. It's not going to happen. <laughs> he plays way too much volleyball. It's problematic. So let's let's go. I got two other stories, three other stories I'd like to get to if we can make the time. So U.S. Senate Democrats fail in bid to pass voting rights bill. Okay, another Reuters story, Adam. I just want to make sure you're happy with that. It's a Reuters story. President Joe Biden and congressional Democrats suffered. Twin legislative de- defeats late on Wednesday in their push to toughen voting rights protections in the run-up to this November's midterm elections. That will determine control of the Congress in 2023. And back-to-back votes late on Wednesday. Senate Republicans, first block Democrats, moved to advance uh, the voting rights uh, legislation toward passage. It was the fifth time in less than a year that they did so. They employed the decades-old filibuster rule to stop the legislation, which requires a uh, cooperation of at least 60 to Senate 100 members to keep uh, bills alive. The Senate currently is 50-50 split. In lightning, in lightning speed, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, a Democrat, then moved to revamp the filibuster rule by lowering the 60 vote to 50. By this time, it was not Republicans, but Schumer's own Democrats, conservatives, Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema, who put the final nail in the coffin by voting against the rule change. They yeah. finally tally on limiting yeah. debate on the election reform before now, 51, yeah. da, 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 da. 52 okay. to 48 vote, blah, blah, blah. blah okay, blah. so uh, do you care even about this story? No. Okay, so this story, what the, the question I have is, what are Democrats trying to accomplish with this? They're just trying to get, get a talking point out there. This is nonsense. Right, to make people think Republicans are shutting voting down, which they which really aren't. They aren't. So it, this is a non-story. But speaking of shutting things down, can we talk about Facebook shutting me down and my suing them? Facebook shut you down? I I did a piece on, is global warming really a horrible crisis? Got 24 million views on Facebook. 
And now they won't show it to anybody because they hire these fact-checkers from the Pointer Institute, this leftist group, which is, I think, run by the St. Petersburg paper here in Florida. And they justify it by saying, well, our fact-checkers found your story incomplete. Well, it's a five-minute TV piece. Of course it's incomplete. And the fact-checkers say it's wrong because Stossel said this. And they put what they say I said in quotes. And it's not what I said. They took a quote from someone else or made it up. And when we point this out, they don't change it. They're lying about me. And so far in the court case, that one headline that you just put up, uh, they said, well, our fact checkers are really just opinions, so you can't sue us. But they call them fact checks. Former Fox Business uh, host John Stossel sued on Facebook, alleging that the social media company had won its contracted fact-checking organization, defaming him when it flagged two of his videos, alerting viewers to missing context and partly false claims. The lawsuit also claims that Stossel's professional reputation has been significantly and irreparably damaged by the false labels and statements. Since Stossel left Fox Business, he's been releasing videos on various social platforms, including Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and the Endeavor has apparently been somewhat lucrative, has made around $10,000 a month from Facebook alone. My news model is based on social media. Our company's showing you videos, he, he said on Facebook. But when Facebook fact-checking label appeared on two videos, Stasso alleges that his ad revenue from the platform was cut by 45%. Interesting. So uh, are, is this done with? Is it still going? Is it still pending? It's or? still going. These okay. cases take a while. Do and you, I don't care about the revenue, but we, Facebook used to be my main outlet in reaching yeah. millions of people. Now it's YouTube because once these idiot fact checkers, yeah. Facebook just gives up the power to them. We don't like this. We think climate change is a bigger crisis than you implied, so you can't say it. Are you friends with Dennis Prager? I like what he does. We're not personal friends. You guys have never spoken? Years back, we've okay, spoken. Got it. No, the only reason I ask, I'm not trying to find a conspiracy here between the two of you. I'm just saying, like, he, he sued YouTube, and they had a issue that they and went back and forth. I don't know if you've spoken lost. to him and his, his wife. Yeah, but th- th- it was a lot of good information came out of him losing. The rest of us learned a lot from it. I don't know if uh, uh, may not be a bad idea for the two of you guys to speak. So their argument really was that you didn't necessarily, uh, you know, uh, misrepresent. Your, it was a quote, and the whole story wasn't given. So because of that, we got to take this 24 million view video down. Uh, they basically three. Oh, it's so 24 complicated. Million to say is a real here. number, by the way, on Facebook. On a Facebook, of course. 24 million down to zero. Who's the <laughs> Facebook wild. guy that you interviewed? The uh, Facebook fact checker. Yeah, yeah. He was a fact. He was not a fact checker. He was not a fact checker. The he moderator. was a moderator. He a looked moderator. at yeah. He looked at things that they would take down and things that they wouldn't take down, and that revealed a lot. He was a guy that worked for Facebook, telling us some of the systems. And uh, the guy got emotional in the interview because I couldn't stop. I couldn't work at Facebook anymore because of what was going on. But he wasn't working for Facebook. He was, was an third independent. Party third-party organization that moderated. So a lot of these guys are third-party people that are not necessarily Facebook. Almost all of them yeah. are. Mo- moderators are kind words for censors. And it's a tough job because you want to keep child molestation off and direct threats of violence. And so these poor guys have to view all this creepy stuff all day. 
but, but mine as, is as different. The, as the Supreme Court said, you know pornography when you see it. That's what the Supreme Court said. We're talking about the difference between censorship. Porn? Well, again, you know it when you see it. And, and I believe in the Supreme Court's ruling, but censorship is a whole different matter. But John, we, we've we've obviously seen a lot of censorship and things being taken down regarding and they have vaccines, every, every right regarding to vaccines. Do it. We've seen that, right? So and, th- and I but hate not it, regarding... but, they, but they can do it legally. But they can't lie about me. Well, they have every right to do what? To take down anything they want. It's their discretion. Company. Yeah, their company. Yeah. They, okay. That's but my they, position. They, they've made it. They've made it very clear that if they don't like what you're saying about vaccines. You're cut. You're I, this cut. is the first I've heard about um, global warming, though. And you think that like, you're suing them, but at the same time, you actually agree that they can take it down? Right. But they can't lie about me. They, they took it down and they say, I said this. I didn't say this. We contacted the reviewers for the mm-hmm. censors. He's, 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 they had watched it. Defamation of character position. His mm-hmm. position is not a you can't take the video down. That's the argument that he's making. Okay, hmm. that, that's hurting his reputation as somebody that's been doing this for decades. And because I'm former real reporter, when this stuff came out, we called him and said, would you talk to me? And two of them agreed to interviews. We showed them the piece, and they said, well, if you thought we s- criticized this because we saw it, no, we never watched it. You know, what the hell? Did they make a public uh, announcement? Did they say anything? Did they give you an email? Did they give you words? Did they write about it somewhere where we chose to take this down? Was there anything that they came back with to protect your reputation? I'm confused by the who the they is Facebook. There. No, Facebook okay. just doesn't respond. They say, we leave it to the fact checker. A- appeal to them. and they Passing don't. the buck. And letting the people be their own judge. Letting the fact checkers just decide if they're right or wrong. And of course they say, we're right. This piece doesn't make people understand the climate crisis. Well, listen, since you, you're, you're, you don't like to be controversial, I want to read one of your non-controversial stories here. John Stossel, is it time to abolish the FDA? Uh, unethical to deny Americans of life-saving drugs. This is a real clear politics story. Thousands of people are weak. Uh, per week, continue to die from COVID-19, yet America's FDA stops people from taking drugs that might save lives. John Stossel weighs in. Stossel, I'm surprised that we haven't heard more about new drugs that make COVID less of a threat. One drug reduced the risk of health, death, or hospitalization by 89% in trials. The media probably doesn't report on them, much because you and I aren't permitted to take them. The FDA makes everyone wait until the drugs meet the urgent agency's rigorous standards. But while we wait, thousands die. Abolish the FDA. That's your position. Yes. They've justified having the right to ban drugs from thalidomide from many, many years ago when this bad drug got on the market and hurt people. And that's happened sometimes. But when they, and by the way, this drug now is available. They did speed the process at least. But when they say this new drug will save 10,000 lives a year and it takes 10 years to get it approved, 
That means they killed 10,000 people last year and the year before. Mm. But they don't count in the media reporting or in government thinking. Yeah, this has been going on for generations. I mean, multiple generations where people have gone to Europe or other countries where their equivalent of the FDA is much more expeditious in getting these drugs to the pipeline. So if you, again, if you have the means, then you go to another country and you get the drug that you know that you need that's going to save your life. If you don't have the means in your America, you die. And it's not like if you abolish the FDA, everybody's going to take bad drugs and die. It's new things will appear. Consumer riot, consumer reports, underwriters' laboratories. Some people will get suckered and will die, and we'll learn from that. And in the long run, more people will live. So you are in the school of thought of trust 99% of people to make the decisions for themselves. It goes back to that same thing. It's our body. And if I'm dying, shouldn't I get to try some new drug? As opposed to waiting for a broken bureaucracy to to deliver a decade later. Current system doesn't trust you to make the right decision for yourself. Right. In many areas. Yeah. In many, many areas. Okay. Last one here we'll do. China's G threatens catastrophic consequences if China is confronted. They just seem like the friendliest people out there. Um, This is American Military News. During the speech before the virtual only Davos World Economic Forum, Xi said that the world needs to uh, move away from what he called the cold world mentality. Xi also appeared to criticize Western nations, which have been adopting economic policies and forming alliances around countering China. For example, the U.S. has adopted the Uyghur uh, Force Labor Act to bar imports from China's Zhejiang region, which are suspected to being produced through the forced labor of Uyghur population. The U.S. has also stated that international efforts like the Clean Network, which seeks to build network infrastructure using only trusted technology companies while excluding companies like China's Huawei. In September, the U.S., Australia, and U.K. also formed a new defense and technology sharing agreement aimed at bolstering Australia's military capabilities in the Indo-Pacific region. Danielle, thoughts? Look, he's, he's got until November, and he's going to do everything he can before the 20th People's Congress to bolster support for himself, not externally, but internally. And I think we need to understand the, the difference between the two, because in 2015, 2016, there was a global industrial recession. The manufacturing sector worldwide got slammed. China pumped a ton of money into the global economy. Mm-hmm. Xi Jinping's looking for an unprecedented third term which he hopes to become a dictatorship when the 20th People's Congress convenes in November. Now, he was born, the the actual date of the Congress is a very closely held secret. It's announced very close to the date of it opening. He was born in the year of the snake. People born in the year of the snake, October is a very unlucky month, and the, the Chinese believe in their lunar calendar deeply. So I say that sometime around November or so, all this tough talk is going to go away. All he wants to make sure is that he retains his dictatorship. So the more the more he says about the West and the West being the bad guys, the more popular he is on the mainland, and that's what he cares about. Does he stand the chance of losing? There are enemies within, and he has. He, there, there are some people who have criticized his attack of the billionaires, and g- having gone too far in destroying wealth in yeah. China. And there are indeed in his own party. Uh, those who don't want to see this, this third on this is like FDR. Yeah, this is an FDR moment yep. for China. There's yep. never been a, a third term, so he's trying to exert himself within the party, within and, and by by breaking through barriers that have never been broken through in the the, the 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 Communist Party. John, do you have an opinion on this? 
I will not bloviate about what I haven't researched, so no. Okay. I like that word, bloviate. Go ahead. What's gonna, I just want to follow up to Danielle. You're saying, are there only are they limited to two terms in China? Here it is in the United States, or is this it is an typically, anomaly? It is, it is typically two terms. This is, this is okay. the 20th Congress, but yes, and they, they come together every six years, but this will effectively ensure the, the, the strong leader who he has become remains in this position. And how long are And the he's terms? been brutal with his enemies. How long six are the years. terms? So there's six and not four years in the United States. So he's been in power, you're saying, 12 years, and he's looking for another six. So it'll be 18 and, years. And the Chinese economy is at a 30-year low growth rate, 30-year low. And that's because of COVID or why? It's because the country itself has, has reached its limits in terms of its mm-hmm. capacity to, to be the marginal consumer of 50% of commodities on the planet. It's got a demographic problem. We talked about that earlier. And the growth is simply slowing. So any and all... A stimulus that's going to be put into the economy this year is going straight to the people. Ray Dalio has been talking his book lately, and he's been saying, you know, it's it's common prosperity. That's what they call it, this common prosperity push, the campaign. It's a great thing for the people of China. Well, just wait and see what happens after he succeeds, if he succeeds mm-hmm. in November, and then all the, and, the and stimulus you, goes you, poof. Look, layman terms over here, I don't think there's any chance that he does not succeed. He's a, he's a complete strong man, and look at where China's at right now. You seem to be skeptical of him actually winning, quote unquote, re-election. Again, he has made, there are people underneath him. You have to, it, it is traditional right now in China for you to name your successor. Mm-hmm. That is, even if he takes the unprecedented third term, he didn't name his successor last time around, meaning I plan on being here. Yeah, I don't think Get he's used going to me. And that's what, you know, that, critically, that's what he and Putin have in, in common, mm-hmm. is that they're going to be around with their countries and with a common enemy of the United States. Who's around longer? Putin or Xi in power? Who's around longer? I don't, Putin's, not going, Putin's not going anywhere. It doesn't seem like Xi is either, no. Well, we'll see come November. Pat, do you have any feelings on uh, whether Xi makes it uh, this third term or not? I mean, the way it's looking like what he's doing, but she's talking about a system. So six, two, it hasn't happened. I don't know. This, this guy seems like he is a true believer in what he believes in, and he is one that imposes himself. Amongst Brutally. his people, and people are scared uh, of, of this guy extremely. By the way, the other day, you saw how Ines Cantor came on and called out China again on what they said about Uyghurs and all this other stuff. Then, uh, Shamat uh, has uh, a, a not, not only what Shamat had to say, no, not what Shamat had to say, because uh, Ines was disappointed with what Shamat had to say yeah. on a podcast. But uh, uh, Yao Ming came out oh. and said, I don't know who this Ines Cantor freedom person is, but guess what? If you want to come to China, we'd love to show you this country. Stop it. And so, show you the, yeah, there it is. He says, but if he wants to see the real China, come on down. By the way, here's what I'll say. If Ennis decides to go to China, I would join him on that trip to go to you China. You and Ennis Cantor. I, I would join him. I would Ennis join Freedom. If, if, because to validate a point, mm-hmm. let's go see how great of well, a place I, I, that Here's is. what I can guarantee. Yeah. There is a higher likelihood that Ennis Cantor Freedom goes to China than he goes to Turkey. <laughs> You're so funny. You're so funny. Okay, maybe we'll, you know what we'll do? Here's an idea. Because I know this guy that likes to travel. Maybe we'll go check out the volleyball team in China with uh, John Stossel. <laughs> and, and we'll do some investigative journalism That's together. What do you think about that? Are you open to it? No. <laughs> okay, I figured. Have I you ever been it. to China? Uh, no. No been to Hong Kong. Kong. You have. Does that count? Somewhat. Yeah, 50-50. It's like, 50, a, 50. Yeah, it's like, a, it's like a half-brother, like yeah. Bill Clinton's half-brother. Well, listen. Uh, people love today's podcast. Lots of positive commentary for John and Danielle. Mm-hmm. And Adam, I think this was one of your best podcasts ever. I think you, oh, you crushed it. You. I'm being serious oh, with it. I think you crushed it today. Uh, we're doing it again next week on, uh, 
Let me see. What do we have? You got to tell Tuesday. me. Tuesday, not Thursday. Tuesday, Tuesday we got with, who? Uh, Christina Pusha. Oh, Christina Pusha. Pusha or Pusha? Pusha. Pusha is press secretary. Press secretary of the Santis mm-hmm. will be here Tuesday, folks. Do not miss it. It's going to be an interesting conversation, especially if you live in Florida or if you'd like to see the Santis become the president of Florida. That'll be Tuesday podcast. Take dun, care, dun, John, Daniel. Thanks for coming yeah. out. Have a Thank great you. weekend, everybody. <laughs> bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye.